everything you know will change. Like to have everybody's attention for a moment. You the man. What's that mean? You the man. And now, ladies and gentlemen. Well, now all of a sudden you're stepping up to the next level of competition. All right, all right, all right, all right listen up, listen up. Welcome to the rundown. Here's Desmond Johnson. It is Saturday, Sports Hub fans, which means it's probably cold and raining outside. <laughs> <laughs> so you know what that means. Welcome to the rundown. Lots to recap and look forward to. We look back to UNC's big win over Duke on Wednesday night. And of course, the biggest news coming out of this week, Zion Williamson's knee. How long will the big guy be out and should he ever even return? We'll tackle that topic. A look around the ACC this weekend as we now have a three-way tie for first place with five games to go. Lots of big storylines there. We'll break all that down for you as well. The NBA is back from All-Star break. Can the Charlotte Hornets make a run to the playoffs? Plus, Carolina Panthers may be in the market for a few new players. We'll take a look at that as well. This is The Rundown. I am your host, Desmond Johnson, joined by John Oshevsky and Rod Funderburk. What is going on, fellas? Like you said, man, just another rainy day here <laughs> in Carolina, I was every Saturday. Every Saturday, it feels like we've done this show. No matter the season, it has been pouring down rain. Well, we had a comment, and we <laughs> had Saturday to comment morning. on it. It's been liquid sunshine every week, gentlemen. <laughs> That's just, but, I, I don't mean, get I'm, it. I'm sure there's some sunshine ahead, though. Oh, yeah, it'll, it's it'll, coming. It'll hey, we're going to bring the sunshine right here That's to right. the triad. Oh, there from you go. the rundown, from us to you. Sawyer Dillon's our uh, producer extraordinaire, intern Aaron in the house, man in our social media. Got a Big question for you today on Twitter. Go to our Twitter poll at Sports Hub Triad. Who is going to win the ACC regular season? Right now we have a three-way tie for first between Virginia, Duke, and North Carolina. All three are in action today, so we'll take a look and see who might have the upper hand here. But uh, go ahead and vote there. Give us a call, 336-777-1600. It's a number to call. we got a loaded show, but we're going to get right into it because um, if you've uh, been listening to The Drive over the course of the week, we, you've had to listen to um, UNC versus Duke talk, and I've had to be a bit uh, held back, restricted a bit in terms of how I felt <laughs> about this game because I knew deep in the back of my mind I had Saturday to really get all this off my chest. So <laughs> if you're a Carolina or a Duke fan and you still want to talk about this game before we move forward, go ahead and give us a call. Again, 336-777-1600 number the dial. If you want to see the Carolina Thunderbirds at the Annex this season for only $5, check out the Sports Carolina Monthly Thunderbird deal. Go to sportscarolinamonthly.com. Click on the Thunderbirds ticket special at the top of the homepage. Get your ticket vouchers and enjoy hockey action in the triad. Single game tickets only $5 exclusively from Sports Carolina Monthly and Go Thunderbirds. I believe we only have like 19 of those left for the season. So if you want them, you can go ahead and get them probably today and go ahead and reserve yours before they're all gone. And the Thunderbirds are still on fire. So uh, definitely go check them I've out. I've been threatening you uh, of, of snagging a couple of those. I Dude, really let me write that down. Play. How many do you need? Because I'll, I'll pull them no, out of the pile. No, just two. I just, just wanted, two? I, I just need to go check those guys out. Okay, yeah. And, I'll and make I'm sure not I'll a hockey guy, out. but I want to see what, see what's going on over there. Johnny, take your jacket. It's a cold man. Oh, yeah, it's cold. Yeah, Ron's been yeah, in there before. Yeah, yeah. It's cold. I've heard it's really so fun. It doesn't rain in there, does it? <laughs> right. Yeah, you never know, man. <laughs> so uh, UNC defeated Duke in game one of the biggest rivalry in sports on Wednesday night. And yes, I said it, the biggest rivalry in all of sports. I said it before. People are like, eh, all of sports? I'm like, yeah, all of sports. And it really, really is to me. There's nothing like it. You won't find two teams that have been this evenly matched for this long Um 
I think it was the 45th or 46th time both teams have been in the top 10 when mm-hmm. they've seen each other. Um, it's, it's just remarkable what this rivalry is. But it did take a bit of a turn about 30 seconds into the game. 88-72 was the final. Do, uh, UNC never lost the lead from opening tip. Zion Williamson injuring his knee 30 seconds to the game on the first possession. He did not return. He has been ruled day-to-day by the Duke medical staff with a grade one knee sprain. He has also been ruled out of today's contest versus Syracuse. Um, let's start by just takeaways from Carolina Duke, and then we'll uh, get into a little bit of uh, what's going to happen later on today with Duke and uh, Syracuse. Oof. Yeah, uh, man. It, when it comes to the Duke Carolina game, like you said, I believe it is the biggest rivalry out there. Far there none. is none. And even on top of that, you said that we've been ranked in the top 10 both teams so many times. But even when we haven't been ranked in the top 10, the team that's not ranked in the top 10 and the other one is could get beat by the other one at any given Absolutely. time. And that's the thing about rivalries. You have no idea. You can throw the records out the window. Uh, but moving on to the takeaways from this game. To me, the first takeaway, of course, is obvious. This first takeaway, I mean, Stevie Wonder could see this. The Duke Blue Devils are just not the same team without Zion, no, period. Yeah. I mean, he this freshman kid has an impact on both sides of the floor. You know, he has a heck of a presence in the middle, grabbing rebounds, taking it up strong, dunking it, laying it up, whatever. And then on the defensive end, this kid will block your shot. You better not come in the middle because he will get rid of it and throw it out there. So without Zion in the game, you know, the Duke, the Duke Blue Devils, their shot percentage goes way down. Even in the Carolina game, they were only like at 35% without him. Everything changes. I'm looking at the box score here. Um, if I'm a Duke fan, I'm a little concerned because R.J. Barrett scored 33. Cam Reddish scored 27. The next high score was Javon Delorier with six. Yep. Yep. No, the, those two scored, yeah. uh, what, yeah. 88% of the points yeah. or whatever. And I, I've been saying it all along. I mean, it, it's it's nothing new. I mean, you guys figured it out, too. You take Zion off that team, it completely evens the playing field. Yeah. Okay? Oh, yeah. I mean, he is a phenom, okay? But I, I, I'm a little disappointed, I'm going to say, um, in Coach K. I, I, I understand it's hard to adjust when it happens in the game, but come mm. on, man. It happened there 30 seconds no into the game. Yeah. into that game for you know for something like that to happen. Right. No, it was the craziest thing I've ever seen. I've never seen a I've, foot I've, blast out I've of never a, seen a sh- I've, sneak My like dad that. played high school and college ball. I played ball. I'm 41 years old. I've been around it my whole life. I've never seen a sneaker break that way before. I've seen soles come off, and I've seen... Was it, it a Converse Chuck Taylor from back in 1975? <laughs> it, it, was it, sure actually, like it. it was actually a Nike Paul George 2.5. And, and Paul uh, George is not happy. No, he's not, because a lot of NBA players wear that shoe right now. Um, they have uh, PG3 out right now, but he was wearing the 2.5s, and a, a lot of NBA players wear them. That's what I saw. Yeah, uh, that's interesting. That's but crazy. You know what? Uh, honestly, it, it looked more... It wasn't so much the shoe's fault as it was trying to contain a 285-pound man's foot going a certain direction. He is something. Like yeah, he, those shoes were supposed to be. Able yeah, to I don't think he's though. supposed to be wearing those. Like, and these kids wear these low, uh, below-the-ankle type I shoes know, anyway, which drives me nuts. Uh, you know, protect those ankles. But um, but let me say, man, you know, Carolina, you know, again, not being a Carolina fan, but I, I, I absolutely, and, and me not really being a Duke fan at all, but I really enjoyed watching Carolina on Wednesday because they played, re- I mean, just fun basketball. They do. And they you were know, focused. They were. They were focused. Yeah. They were running. They were gunning. They mm-hmm. were, uh, the, the passing was spectacular. The the alley-oops, the easy layups, the, 
you know, the transition, which they're they're always when they run, they're pretty close to being unstoppable. This is one of the fastest teams I can ever remember at Carolina in terms of what they do. And I was trying to explain this during the week to uh, to Josh Graham from the Drive that what Carolina has been doing really ever since that Louisville loss, it's almost like they kind of figured out who they were and like they seem more. Um, what's the word I'm looking for here? They seem more confident in, in like each individual's role, like in the in like what they're supposed to be doing. They're the best passing team in the country. They average 20 assists a game. They got 20 Wednesday night against Duke. And uh, even Jay Billis mentioned it during the broadcast. The way Carolina moves the ball, they figured out the ball can move a lot faster in the air than mm-hmm. the dribble, 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 oh, dribble, absolutely. dribble. And uh, they're number one in the country in assists. They're number one in the country in total rebounds, team rebounds per game. And they're number two in the country um, in points per game. I think Gonzaga averages slightly more than them. But my, my, is this UNC team a Final Four team? Because I've been backing off of saying that, thinking they needed some big men, like a typical UNC team. But looking around the landscape of college basketball right now, Carolina's playing. I mean, Carolina has only lost one game in their past nine, ten right. games, and that was that Louisville game, and that was almost an aberration because Carolina just couldn't shoot in that game. They lost the Virginia game. They did lose. That's right. Yeah. So they won eight yeah. of ten. Um, and that Virginia game, Cam Johnson got hurt in the game. Uh, Nasir Little got hurt yeah, early in the Little game and down. was out the entire time. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if Duke fans are putting asterisks on this Carolina-Duke thing because of that, I mean. I don't want to hear it because, you know what, <laughs> you know, sir, my team, it, we go through injuries, right. man. We didn't injuries have a point are part for of a this. long time. It right. happens. So it I, I, don't want, I don't even want to hear that. Right, good. Okay. I'm glad you mentioned that because oh, I don't remember us making that excuse for it. Yeah. When, when Duke played Gonzaga, they didn't have their top yeah. score. Gonzaga didn't have their top scorer mm-hmm. in the game. That's okay? right. Well, I mean, come on. I'm with you. And the, even on top of that, to me, Duke just relies too much on those five McDonald's All-Americans that they have. Right. Period. And I mean, yeah. Five. So they were down to four. Yeah, yeah they were only down to four. four. And I think Carolina only <laughs> had two McDonald's All-Americans. Yeah. And, they, and I mean, one. And, and, and Nasir didn't even really play. Well, okay. He didn't really play I'm that much. I'm glad you just brought up his name. I'm, I'm going to say this, guys. He does not impress me at all. Oh, Nasir And I've been watching him all year. He does nothing. And they have him going How in the top ten. Guy? They had him in the top five. They've had, him, they've had him as the number three prospect he, all year. Has he There's impressed no you once this year? As the number, I mean, it's weird because we're kind of comparing it to Zion because Zion oh. is he sucked the air out of everything yeah. in college. Bat. If if Zion wasn't in this season, would Nasir Little be a top five prospect? I think so. But would he? When when you try to compare what he's done to what you've seen other really Zion do. It almost pales in comparison. R.J. Barrett was the number one guy coming into this season. R.J. Barrett's the the best player in the country. Well, even this kid over at Murray State. This kid at Murray State is much better than Little. And I understand exactly what you're saying, Johnny, because I've watched Nasir Little, and I have just pulled a little bit of hair out that I've got. Mm. And it was like, dude, what are you doing? He'll have a good game. Then he'll go cold. He's still, oh, he's still learning how to play. Said it. Yeah. You're yeah. saying a good game. I mean, I yeah. haven't seen this guy do you know anything spectacular to show me that he is one of the top freshmen. And you know, I believe he's going to be okay. Mm. And that's what the NBA looks at. I mean, there's no yeah. doubt about it. You you know, he he could average eight points and five rebounds and, and be the top five pick. But he has done nothing. And and that in the Duke game. He was horrible. Now I he threw two air balls. Yeah, that I were wouldn't. Ridiculous. I wouldn't pick him in the top five. Now, he, he didn't play a whole lot in the Duke game, but he does. Have, he is playing on sprained ankle, and he did have a bruised sternum from the Wake Forest game prior. Somebody elbowed him in the chest, so they kind of limited his minutes. So he never really got to a rhythm. But Andrews honestly, do that. Carolina didn't really need him on Wednesday night for what they were doing. Luke May ate on D- Wednesday dominated. night. And let, me, let me just say one <laughs> more did. thing. Okay, Nasir Little did nothing. 
and Kobe played didn't do one much. of his worst teams, well, or worst games. I give him a pass because Trey Jones was in his pocket oh, no, like absolutely. all night long. They, they kind of cancel each other out, and they still won. I, I'm yeah, serious. Really did lot. a hell of a job coaching that <laughs> yeah, game. Yeah, it was Luke Kobe May. seemed a little little intimidated, a little bit. Well, I was and watching that. too much. You just yeah. mentioned the dribbling. Yeah. When he dribbles too much, they're going to turn the ball. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. The ball. I, I watched that. I watched that matchup because I thought Trey Jones versus Kobe White was going to be the main matchup of the of the game. It was going to determine it, and then when Zion went out. I was like, okay, well, they're really going to need Trey Jones now because they need somebody else to score because RJ will get his, Cam Reddish will get shots, but they don't have a third guy. And I'm what like, well, maybe Trey, Trey Jones. What? Trey Jones did, uh, he played 40 minutes. Yeah. He had, uh, he was one for 11 from the field. Uh, he had one three pointer. How many assists? Uh, five, five, five assists, yep. four steals. He finished with three points. And that's one of the things that we talked that's about big. all year. That's and, why and, you guys won. In right order there. to beat Duke. You have got to make them shoot those perimeter shots. At one point in the first half, I remember sitting on the couch counting. Duke was like one of 15. <laughs> Every time they shot a three and it would miss, I, I would scream at the TV, you can't shoot threes. Like, and I, I watched it again last night because I knew yeah. we were going to talk about this this morning. I watched the whole game last night again, and I caught myself doing it again. Like They just kept shooting threes, and they had a sequence where – they got like two or three offensive rebounds and kept kicking it out mm-hmm. and shooting threes again. And every time I'm screaming at my team, Duke can't shoot threes. And like they kept shooting yeah, it They over kept and over. shooting it. I was sitting watching the game with two other Duke fans. And every time. Oh, Duke but that was, was fun. Yeah, oh, it was great. <laughs> every time the Duke would get the ball, I would go, shoot it, shoot it, shoot it. Yep. And, the guy, and the Duke fans were like, shut up, shut up. Don't tell them to shoot it. And I'm like, shoot it, shoot it. And they would. They jack it up. Yep. And they couldn't hit anything. No. And I am praying. That that happens tonight. I hope they take like they did against Syracuse last game, forty three three pointers, and they're going to because they don't have Zion mm-hmm. in the middle. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to. But if they hit them, you know, and then they're probably going to win, you know. But, but see, if they the pull thing. an eight for forty three or a, even a ten for forty five, it's going to be but tough. They to haven't win. done it all year, Not and that's one all. of the things that <laughs> I like about Roy Williams. Because don't get me wrong, I believe Carolina may have shot the three-point ball worse. They were two for 20. But what Carolina did was say, hey, you know what? We're not hitting a three. We've got got Luke May going nuts in the inside. We've got tall Cam Johnson. We even got Huffman, who was in there, I think, just to body Zion Williamson if he stayed. And so we went to the inside, and we ran the ball up and down the court. Luke and that's May how we won that game. Man. All of Luke's points were basically like within five feet of the basket, yes. it felt like. He was just yes. living in there. And I don't want to hear the excuse that, well, Zion didn't play. That's why he ate. You still had Marquez Bolden, and you still Thank had you. Javin Delorier, two 6'11 kids down in the paint. And there were moments in that game where Bolden – Lost Luke May. Like mm-hmm. Luke May would just be. Why? I'm looking in the control room. I'm seeing Aaron just in there, just like grinning and cheesing. But like there would be moments where they throw the ball down, and Luke May's just standing at the goal, and there's nobody in yep. front of him. And I'm like, where? Where's the defender? Like there was no defender in front of him, so he just got easy buckets, easy buckets all night long. Aaron, you got something you want to say on this? Because you look like you got something you want to express yourself. I think he's a Carolina fan. <laughs> no, he ain't a Carolina fan. He's, no, he's, a, he's a Zion Williamson fan, though. No, I, do I don't know really that. have a bone. I don't have a bone in this particular fight, but I do. Um, I want to commend uh, Rod for what he was saying um, earlier because I did hear a lot of chest thumping from Carolina fans after the Duke UNC game, and I thought it was really unfortunate, honestly, that Zion went out so early because it robbed us of what we all wanted to see. Well, we course. wanted to see Absolutely. a full-strength Duke team with Zion Williamson go up against a really good Carolina team. Um, and to say, you know, Zion Williamson went out, but they still had 
It's like, no, that's this not a fair comparison because there is no other Zion Williamson. Like, you've never seen a player like Zion Williamson. Right. So no other team has a Zion Williamson. Right. It, it evens the playing field. Right. Precisely. So and with that being said, you don't want to see even playing field. You want to see the team with the phenom. You do if you're Carolina fans. Why would Carolina fans not want to see an even playing field? Yeah, I mean, it didn't. It <laughs> like, didn't like, like, just like tonight. If you're a Carolina fan, why would you not want the playing field to be even for your team to have an opportunity to win? Like, this just, is all about winning the game. Right, right. Okay, but I hear, so I hear what game, Aaron's the, saying. The W counts. The W counts. I'm not taking away Thank from you. the win. It counts. <laughs> I appreciate it. But we, all, we all still want to see Zion. Yeah, still want to see I mean, I like I the, think, I love the I love kids. Right. I don't think it's fair to say, like, oh, we're this game proves this or this game proves that. No, well, we, we, haven't, have, we haven't said no. that. Of course we, we, haven't, we haven't said anything like that. We're just no. happy that Carolina won the game. And Which, the way they won the yeah. game, even after Zion was out, I don't think Carolina changed their game plan one bit. Yeah, I, think, I, don't I don't think exactly what they were planning on doing before Zion went out. Their plan was to eat in the paint. Shoot threes. They just didn't yep. hit the threes. Yep. And to push the ball. They literally just they ran Duke yeah. out of their own gym. And I think they would have tried to do that even with Zion because they only played – Duke only played – they played eight kids. Well, Zion played a minute. They played seven kids. But, I mean, Jordan, Jordan Goldwire played eight minutes. Alex O'Connell played 17 minutes. He started the second half. I mean, it was mainly Barrett, Jones, and Reddish. Barrett and Jones played 40 yeah. minutes apiece. Reddish played 35 minutes. You only got 18 minutes out of Marquez Bolden. These boys were tired. Like yeah, they, they, I saw were. them clutching shorts in the second half, mm-hmm. like in the middle of an offensive set. Like Trey Jones was dribbling the ball, Kobe White was on him, way out past the three point line, and on the baseline you could see Barrett, you could see Reddish, and you mm-hmm. could see Bolton, and they were clutched. Like they're they're clutching their shorts and they were bent over in the middle of the play. That is a sign in basketball that you your team is tired. And Carolina yeah. saw it and they kept attacking. That's when they pushed that lead out to Carolina's like deep. You've been saying right. that all they're 10, right. 11 deep. They really and, are. And that's another take from the game. We said it earlier, Duke relies way too much on those McDonald's All-Americans. They have no bench players who can really contribute and give them what they need, that breather that you're talking about. They're very top-heavy. Yeah, and I'll tell you this, too, um, Aaron. <laughs> if Zion Williams was still playing, the way Carolina was focused in that game, we would have still torn them apart. I think because so too. The other part of that is I watched those other Duke players. I don't think they really understand what the rivalry between Duke and UNC Thank is all you. about. You can see Carolina guys take it to another level. And really, it was the seniors. Yep. We just said it. Nasir Little yep. and Kobe White. They were I don't think they, I don't think they really understood either mm-hmm. because they were freshmen. Yep. They didn't really understand the rivalry. But you take those upperclassmen on Carolina's team, those guys went to a whole nother level. Luke May, they didn't Kenny care Williams. that Zion Williamson went out. They took advantage of him going out. That That's why Luke May went on the head. That's what you're supposed to do. Yes, exactly. If the big guy goes out, you go where the you big guy was go supposed with to be. It. That's why Luke got 30 points, 15 exactly. rebounds, and that's why Cam, what did he get about? The, was it him, 20 uh, Cam points? had, uh, hold on, I'm looking at his stats. Like 23 points Cam or something like that? Cam finished the game, 26 points, yeah. uh, four assists. Yep. How many shots did he take? He was ooh, he was 11 for 13. My goodness. Yeah. Right. Wait, no, that's, so, that's not right. That's not right. Hold on. He was 11 for 17. I'm sorry. Okay. Oh, Two-point two attempts, he was 11 for 13. So, that so. Pretty much, that pretty much, that's what I'm saying. So Zion goes out, Carolina attacks where Zion would have been. So if you're saying, okay, Zion goes out, Carolina's attacking where he would have been, it's difficult to say that the game would have turned out the same way if Zion would have well, been where well, he would have I think the win would have turned out the same way because I believe Zion would have really gotten into foul trouble. Yeah, He's or still tired. a freshman. Yeah, he would have been very tired. He would have been taken out the game. Yeah, maybe, That's we, don't, maybe we don't win by 16. But, but, I mean, we can't talk about you that. You're right. That's not and what the happened. reality <laughs> is we won by 16. Right. right. Well, here's That's the, the reality. That's the question. So without Zion – 
Carolina is 16 points better than Duke at in Cameron. I mean, that, I Carolina think, dominated that basketball game. True. No matter Beginning what, to they true. came to play. Yeah, true. And I think your point about Carolina having fre- having seniors is 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 a big is a big point. It's huge. It's I huge. Think, so well, so I think that plays even more into how these freshmen respond to playing with a once in a generation phenom like Zion Williamson and seeing him go out in the manner that he did. But they, like, did, that, we, they didn't know he was hurt until two more timeouts later. Like that that's the thing. Yep. RJ Barrett said I thought he was just getting his shoes changed and was going to be right back. They didn't know he wasn't coming back for that game until a good eight, nine minutes had gone by after that, and they still couldn't respond to make that. My problem isn't that Duke lost the game to Carolina because they didn't have Zion Williamson. My problem is that for what I saw, once Zion went out, Duke was not competitive, and they had enough talent on the court to be competitive. They were at home. This is the biggest rivalry game they're going to play all year, and they did not show up. None of these kids showed up like at all. RJ did. And Cam Reddish did, but it took Cam Reddish it. 23 shot attempts. It took yeah. R.J. Barrett 22 shot attempts. Where was Jack White? Where was Alex O'Connell? Where was Javin Delarier? Where was Marquez Bolden? Like, where were these kids? They yeah. weren't. They weren't. They weren't there. And none of those kids I mentioned are freshmen. They've been in this game before, yeah. and they didn't show up at home. Like, I what's going to happen when they go to Chapel Hill for Senior Day? Uh, for Carolina, that's Kenny Williams and Luke May's senior day. Do you honestly think, regardless if Zion Williamson's on the court or not, mm-hmm. that Luke May is not going to eat on senior day against Duke? For college basketball's sake, I really hope he does come back. Oh, no, he'll be back. He'll be back next week. Oh, yeah, I, I think, think he'll, he'll be back Saturday. Yeah. And, and who's to say Zion, you know, we don't know what kind of, you know, he's still a freshman. Zion is still 18, 19 years old. Maybe right. the pressure could have got to him Wednesday night for once. You know, right. we don't right. know. We don't it's know. Hypothetical. Yeah. And I mean, he, like you said, Johnny, he is 18 years old, and that's the other thing, Aaron. This phenom and Zion Williamson, like Johnny said, no other college team has this guy on their team. And you know what? If it hadn't have been for the NBA, Duke wouldn't have had him this year either. Right. He would have been in the NBA. Look, we got to take a quick break, guys. That's, that was that was good stuff. Um, we'll we'll get back to Zion. Actually, we're going to talk about Zion here in this next segment. A little barbershop talk. <laughs> Zion, uh, it's, a, it's the Zion Williamson when show. When we talk here on baseball, we're going to talk about Zion. <laughs> the, the That's NBA, a great intro. Then the yeah. NBA has formally proposed changing the draft age limit from 19 to 18. Of course, that had nothing to do with Zion getting injured on national TV on Wednesday night. <laughs> the next day, the right? very next day, Adam Silver comes out with this. Uh, what would that do to college basketball teams like Duke and Kentucky? We'll take a look at the pros and cons of changing the rule. 336-777-1600 is the number to call. Barbershop Talk, next on The Rundown. The Drive with Josh Graham. Look it up! It's showtime! Mike Krzyzewski with us here on The Drive. It's an honor to be on the show and talk to the triad. You know, Greensboro, for me, has been a very special place to see the passion of that city and how it has supported ACC basketball and the tournament for so many years. Some of the best moments I've had as a coach have been in Greensboro. The Drive with Josh Graham. Weekdays at 3 on The Sports Hub and on the Sports Hub Triad app. When you think of NASCAR, you also think Goodyear. When you think of Goodyear, you think tires. When you think tires, think Beamer Tire and Auto Repair. Beamer Tire in Greensboro and High Point has Goodyear and all brands of tires. So if you're a fan of NASCAR, go with the guys who can be your race team. Five-star rated, ASE certified, and a team you can trust. Beamer Tire and Auto Repair in High Point and Greensboro. Remember, BeamerTire.com for all your vehicle needs. 
Precise Driving School provides driver training for beginning drivers and adults. Classes for beginning drivers from age 14 and a half includes 30 hours of classroom instruction and six hours of in-car training accompanied by an adult instructor certified by the North Carolina Department of Motor Vehicles. The school also provides improvement training in-car for adult drivers. Owned and operated by Fred Norman and dedicated to teaching safe and responsible driving. Precise Driving School at 6000 Meadowbrook Mall in Clemens. Precise Driving School. Putting safety first. If you've been seriously hurt, don't settle for a lawyer that's all talk and no verdict. Attorney James Rohn has fought and won cases in every Piedmont County. Rockingham, Alamance, Guilford, Forsyth, Randolph, and Davidson counties. While no attorney can guarantee results, we can guarantee that Attorney James Rohn knows how to fight and has the verdicts to prove it. Don't hire an attorney who only settles. Call James Rohn and let him fight for you. 336-790-5194. Online at roan-law.com. This is Julie Lanford with Cancer Services. Cancer treatment medications are expensive. Are you interested in helping people in our community afford life-saving treatment? Consider volunteering or donating to Cancer Services, your local cancer support agency. For every dollar of direct assistance, we secure $436 in resources, most often for cancer medications. We are the only agency in our area providing comprehensive cancer support. We enhance health, life, and survivorship. Find us online at cancerservicesonline.org. Springtime is almost here. It's the perfect time to tackle the next job on your list. And AutoZone has the free services to help you do it. Like our free Fix Finder service. If your check engine light is on, our Fix Finder service can help troubleshoot the real problem. Saving you time and money down the road. Want help from a pro? We can help with that too. Keep your engine running clean. Buy one STP super concentrated fuel injector cleaner and get one free. Let us help you at more than 5,600 locations nationwide. Restrictions and details in store. Okay, let's go. You're listening to The Rundown with Desmond Johnson. Barbershop Talk brought to you by Haveline Express Lube of Kersville. Their service facility is independently owned and operated by Mac Allen, providing full-service repair and maintenance services. They use the latest diagnostic equipment to guarantee your vehicle is repaired or serviced properly in a timely fashion. Mac and his team pride themselves on commitment to the local community and providing dr- uh, value-driven service in an inviting, friendly environment. Go see Mac at Haveline Express Lube of Kernsville for all your automotive maintenance needs. You are listening to the run, uh, to the rundown. Excuse me. I'm your host, Desmond Johnson, Johnny O, Rod Funderburk in the house, Sawyer Dillon, our producer extraordinaire and intern Aaron the NBA is looking at changing the legal age for draft entry back to 18 from 19 years old which would be which would eliminate basically the one and done era in college basketball it would be implemented in 2022 if approved guys what are your thoughts on this move would it be good or bad for uh first for the NBA would it be good or bad for the league well, first, I mean, so so this is a segment again, maybe on Zion Williamson. Kind of, yeah. Because <laughs> literally this came out like less than 24 hours after the Carolina-Duke game. And the NBA's like, oh, well, you know what? We're kind of yeah. looking at uh, letting these guys back into the league. I like again. it. I well, mean, they, they got to do it. And, and you know, now we got to wait till 2022, though, if approved. You know, let's just get it done. But I understand the whole recruiting thing. I think I it's, in gotta, the, it's in the collective bargaining agreement. They have to wait for it to expire before, yeah. uh, before we do that. Actually, you know what? Before we get into that topic, let me get uh, – I have Sam on the line from Burlington. He wanted to talk Carolina – Duke. Sam, what's up, man? You're on the rundown. Hey, good morning. Hey, first morning. of all, really enjoy your show. And uh, hey, just a couple of observations. Uh, um, I'm a Carolina guy. I'll just put that out front. My man, you know, Sam. That out front. <laughs> and 
actually getting ready to head over to Chapel Hill for this afternoon's game, so we got to take care of business today because obviously Florida State's a very good team. But just uh, just want to make a couple observations about uh, the two programs of Duke and Carolina, and maybe where they are right now. And I've got tremendous respect for uh, Coach K and what Duke has done, and. And I hope most Duke fans have respect for Carolina as well as what Roy does. But, uh, you know, from my perspective, and I'm not saying one way is better than the other, but at this point of the two programs, and I know you guys are getting ready to talk about this one and done and everything with the NBA, but at this point, Coach K has chosen to uh, develop his program of uh, a collection of talent is basically what he does. And I don't think he's able to coach the way he was 10 years ago because he brings in this young talent and he's not able to teach them the defense that they used to play because Duke does not play the defense they did you know, 10 years ago before this one-and-done uh, phenom started happening. Right. While Roy, his, his approach is he, he builds a team. And I'm not showing a saying, and Roy will tell you, and you've heard him say it before, he would love to have more one and done. He recruits some of the same kids, yeah. Exactly, but I do think he wants to build a team. Now, again, I I said I'm a Carolina guy, and I like that, because what's missing from this week, and uh, and I've heard you guys talk about it during the week, is, you know, Zion is a phenom. I mean, he, you know, and and I get it. It's all about... uh, the ratings is about money and everything else. But what's been lost in this is Luke May, Cam Johnson, Kenny Williams, uh, they're three seniors for the University of North Carolina. They're all going to graduate. Luke is uh, is just named all-academic. And then Cam Johnson's going gra- to uh, uh, graduate with two degrees. Mm. And these guys are student athletes. And that's where I think – the press misses, and that's what college athletics should be about. And uh, and I'm sure you guys are going to get into it because if this one and done goes away, it's going to change it again. Um, so again, I just just wanted to make that point uh, as far as that that piece of it, and uh, just want to hear your comments on it. And uh, thanks so much, and then and go heels. Hey man, uh, great, great excellent call, call. Yeah. excellent call, yeah. Sam. Thanks for listening to the rundown. Um, you know, he makes a great point. I've mentioned it many times before too. Um, that watching Carolina, Carolina is one of the few blue bloods that they still kind of do team building, like you know. Kenny Williams and Luke May were three star. I think Kenny May was a four star, borderline four star when they got there. But I mean, we've watched them. Remember them freshman year yeah. to where they are now. They've grown. Like, they've well, been to two Final Fours. They've won a national championship. They've won an ACC title. I mean, see, that's what we used to get in the eighties, right? And early or in the nineties was watching a team develop. Yep. and you know, right. getting that the sophomore juniors, and then all of a sudden a senior like like a Luke May. I mean that is. I mean that's where we're missing. That's where yeah. the college game we're completely missing. That. Well, I think that's Sam makes a good point. You know, they are going through all their years of school, and one of the things, you know, in my opinion, every person in the world, every young person who graduates from school, should have an opportunity to spend some time in Chapel Hill. Because I'm gonna tell you what, you're a graduate. The, yes, the environment, the atmosphere at Chapel Hill. Oh my God, it makes you not want to leave. Mm-hmm. I mean, you meet people from all over the place. You're talking about the United States being a melting pot, right? Well, Carolina is a melting pot. I still have friends who I deal with who are from Armenia. Wow, you know, from India, all over the place, man. All and of course, all over the United States, from California, New York, Jersey, PA, Florida, Texas. 
everywhere. Carolina is a melting pot and everyone is so friendly down there and everybody supports you and everything. And everybody's like, hey, what can I do for you? Regardless if you're an athlete or just a student, it does not matter. So that whole family atmosphere at Carolina it's different, and I think everybody ought to experience it who's Pe- a young. Who's people young. people joke when I say, you know, for some reason Roy convinces kids to stay at Carolina a little bit longer than what the general public expects yeah. them to. I don't, necessarily, Barnes, I don't necessarily think it's Roy. I don't think I it's think, him either. I, I think, think it's he the just says, yeah, he says, just come on. Come Same on, thing happened with doing. Jordan. Jordan yeah. wasn't going to Carolina, yeah. but guess what? They said, hey, Dean said, I just want you to visit the campus. Just come on. And when he visited, guess what? Jordan said, NC State, I'm going to make a detour. Now, see, this is why I've been saying all year, I don't know for sure that Nasir Little is leaving for the NBA, like everyone keeps saying, because Mm -hmm. the stuff we said in the first segment, he doesn't look ready at times. He's still really learning the game, according to his dad. He just started playing organized ball like in the eighth grade or something. So the fact that he's advanced his game to the point where he's playing on a North Carolina team is crazy in itself. But Kobe White is the best freshman on this team. Like, I mean, he... In terms of getting it, the minutes, the exposure, the scoring, I can see Kobe leaving. But Kobe, I mean, we we've met Kobe before. We've seen him play, you know, last year before mm-hmm. he got to Carolina. I don't know if Kobe's ready to leave either. Just like you know, mentally or just physically, I, he seems like the type that would stay another year or so, even though people are trying to push him out the door. And but that's the mentality from Duke and, and Kentucky. None yeah. of these one and dones over the past few years are really ready to go. No, you know, they're I not. Mean, maybe yeah. a, a very Maybe two or three were completely yeah, me, ready. Zion, Kyron, yeah. Kyrie Irving, yeah. who didn't yeah. really play in college ball. Zion yeah. was Zion didn't need to go to yeah, college. Zion right. didn't need college. He was ready. Well, he's one of yeah. few. You know. Now, he wouldn't have been the first pick because he wasn't a consensus one when the season started. R.J. Barrett was. And I think R.J. Barrett would be ready, ready right yeah. now. He reminds mm-hmm. me of Tracy McGrady but, so much. Let me ask he you does. a real quick question on that. R.J. Barrett. Mm-hmm. Okay, who? what player... Does he remind you of Tracy McGrady? Tracy McGrady. <laughs> yeah, that's that's. I, I mean, his game, the way he scores, he can get to the bucket. I think he can get to the bucket better than Zion Williamson can. Like whether it's transition, half court, he gets to the bucket and he and he right. gets buckets. And the way he scores, it remind. It looks like Tracy McGrady to me. Like I, I can't think of another college player since McGrady that's well, had the same game. So he's what six eight. He can handle the ball. Yeah, he can rebound. He can shoot. He can take it to the basket. He can, you know, he plays a pretty damn good defense. Yeah. yeah. I was talking to my brother Slicko in Syracuse this morning, mm-hmm. real early this morning, actually. And he mentioned a name that, you know, I, I, I never thought of him. Jalen Rose type player. What hmm. do you think? He's not. He he's, a, he's, he's, a better, he's a better scorer than Jalen yeah. was. Um, they're about the same size. Uh, no, nah. looks like him. How about his movements? Now, maybe, maybe his yeah. mannerisms. Jaylen maybe his mannerisms kinda, yeah. might be more of Jalen Rose. Jalen was, eh, I don't know. At times, he reminds me of a Penny Hardaway at times. Just at times. No, I don't know. I'm going to take offense to that, too. No, that's why I said at times, <laughs> not all the time. Penny, I think Penny was more fluid than than anybody. And he was playing point guard. He was 6'9". Well, point, I mean, know? when I say that, R.J. Barrett will take that ball, and it doesn't need to go to anybody else, whether he comes from – the East Coast back down to the his side of the court. Mm-hmm. That ball doesn't go to anybody else, and he can go to the basket, and it's like nobody can stop him. That, I saw him yeah. do a inside back to the outside step from coming back around on Carolina's oh, player. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. you saw, saw it too, yeah. and I was like, "Whoa, that's Penny Hardaway s." That's that's NBA s. Like, <laughs> yeah, he, I mean, he's got a pro game. He yeah. got a grown man game. That, yeah. That's why I was saying he reminds me of Tracy McGrady because McGrady had a scores mentality. Penny was a distributor, but he could score when they needed it. Tracy McGrady was like Kobe Bryant, like. I'm getting my 30 tonight. Like, I don't care if it takes me 15 
or or forty <laughs> attempts. I'm gonna boom, 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 get it. And that's kind of the mentality I see in RJ. But let me throw this one at you. This is my opinion, and I think I said it a couple weeks ago. But I, it, what about Jason Tatum? Isn't he sort of a Jason Tatum? Kinda, yeah, player? actually, okay, I, I, could, I, I can, can go with that. that. He is kind of a little bit like Jason Tatum. But um, back anyway, into this. So that a great call from Sam and talking about this one and done rule. Um, I think it will affect. I think when they end it, K retires. You think so? Yeah, because by the time it's over, he'll be. 74, 75? Okay. Maybe he does. Uh, no coach is coached past the age of 75 in Division One. although Bayheim is right on top of it, if I'm not mistaken. 74, yep. Um, yeah. Would he want to have to – he would have to start rebuilding the way he recruits right now so that in 2022 he's not starting from scratch. Right. Because he – I mean, if they do away with the rule, your top kids – I think they said on average before the rule went away, it was like four high school kids were getting drafted in the first round. Yeah. So if you if you think that's from this year's crop, that was probably R.J. Barrett. That would have been Zion Williamson, maybe Nasser Little, and I don't know right. that Jay Morant guy wouldn't have gone like right. He's not even a freshman, I don't think. So it, it, I'm trying to think of another freshman that probably would have. Well, that's what I mean. There's less than a handful. Cam Reddish, that, I'm sorry, that, yeah. that can go right from high school to the NBA. Right, right. really. I mean, so you know, I still think there's going to be some one-and-dones, obviously, you know, that next group that right. aren't, you know, they're not a Kobe and Gar- Garnett and, and, uh, and LeBron that can go McGrady, right to the NBA. Yeah, yep. yeah. But, you know, so it, will he still be getting those players saying, hey, you, all you need is one year in college. Right. See, that's the, that's the, that's what that. I was about to say, that it's the one-and-done era may not go away. Right. They'll just have to change how they recruit to these kids. Have to well, change. maybe they won't because it felt like Zion was saying – one of the reasons why he picked Duke is because they basically sold him on being able to expand expand his brand. Yeah, you know, right. like and, and, and they have and they have Duke's social like media no department other. is bar none the best social media department in college sports. Like they literally are a marketing machine. If you right. see any of their stuff on Facebook or Twitter, they do a lot of graphic stuff. Like it, it, it's eye catching. Right. Um, and that Duke has elevated Zion to a higher place than he was before he got there. But Zion's also elevated Duke to a higher place than oh, where they were, just exposure wise and and fandom because of him being there. Now they've definitely done that, but I'll have to say the one and done. To me, this is an awesome deal for both the NBA as well as collegiate programs. You know, for the NBA, check this out: you get a risk free one year tryout from some of the best prospects in the world. Right. You don't have to take a chance on only relying on AAU competitions, doing a little bit of scouting. Uh, seeing them come into the combines. You know, they interview these guys. Now you get to actually watch them play somewhere at a college before you invest millions and millions on top of of dollars for these kids on your franchise. You know, but they get a full collegiate season of seeing what these kids can do. You know, to me, the one-and-done rule has actually saved some NBA teams from investing some bad money. Do you Uh, guys remember Andrew Harrison and Cliff Alexander? Yes. You remember they were saying those guys, uh, you know, could have come right on into the NBA. Mm -hmm. They wound up going to college and has freshmen. They were like, wow, they are not even second-round picks. You know what I mean? I mean, so it's potential. It's all potential, the NBA draft. I hate it because that was why they put the rule in place in the first place because teams were like – they were afraid they were going to miss the next great Kevin Garnett or Kobe Bryant. So mm-hmm. they were, they were kind of reaching and grabbing guys out of high school. And then these guys are sitting at the end of the bench. The G League wasn't really there yet. That's right. And they were sitting at the end of these benches, and That's they could right. have been playing at Kansas or Duke or Carolina or That's UCLA, right. any of these, these bigger schools where you've got competition. I'm all for them doing some sort of like uh, 
like the, the the major league baseball rule. You can go out of high school, but if you don't, and you go to college, then you got to go for three years or something like or two years. Yeah. Make it I, a I limit. Think two years would be great, not three. You know what I mean? That's yeah. that's baseball, but. Man, two years would be two years would be great. You know, for, for I everybody, think it'd be perfect, especially yeah. the fans. I mean, and and like I said, the NBA wins, but college wins too. If you think about I it, I think they do. They get a taste of the best top elite athletes and talent, Absolutely. even if it's only for one year. So, uh, so instead of these guys going off to the NBA, they get to go to college and use college as a development system for them, as well as like you said, Des Duke has a great social media program. They do, and you know, teams like Duke and Kentucky. They reap those benefits That's free and those promotion yeah, for those, a year, and your players all, get you're, it too. You're playing forty games, and all of them are probably going to be on national TV. So mm-hmm. I mean, especially like this year, if you look at like Duke. Oh my God, uh, Duke De- owns ESPN. Yeah, they yeah. do. De- Demarcus Cousins had some comments on this earlier this uh, week. He said uh, basically to a group of uh, reporters that college basketball is. Uh, BS, but then said that college was the best time of his yeah. life. So figure, to, figure to Rodney's out. point. Uh, it actually echoes what Rodney was saying yeah. that yeah. once you get there and you have the college experience, yeah, you might have been thinking about one and done before you got to college, but I can say college was the best four years of my life. Yeah, I learned so much and met so many people and just became a, a, an adult at college right. where well, well, these that's kids what don't get a chance to. That's what DeMarcus is obviously saying. He loved right. the college life, but when he says college basketball is bull beep, um, bleep, um, he means he should have been paid. Right. I mean, that's right, basically, right. That's exactly that's basically, basically his complaint. Right. Got uh, Matt on the line from Greensboro. He wants to talk about one and done. So what's going on, Matt? You're on the line with the rundown. Hey, good morning, guys. Uh, before, the, before the one and done discussion, uh, real quick on the last callers talking about uh, Roy and uh, uh, Coach K. It's funny, 10 years ago, it's the narrative has switched now because 10 years ago it was Roy was a great recruiter and K was the great coach. You know, That's a team true. builder. Yeah. And now, now it's like, yeah. okay, oh, just gets all this talent in, and and oh, he's still a great coach. But I think Roy Roy Williams is showing. I mean, he's a. I mean, I'm an NC State fan saying this, but I think Roy Williams is an, is an amazing coach. Um, had a lot of respect for him. He's <laughs> even had. If a, I don't, even if I don't <laughs> like him, um, he's uh he's had um. A lot of success since he got to the ACC in uh, uh, in two thousand. Well, yeah, two thousand three uh, when he right first after, got here. Right after Syracuse beat Kansas. Hey, but thanks for the call, Matt. <laughs> thanks for listening to the uh, thanks for listening to the rundown. Let's take another quick break. Um, ooh, when we get back, NBA action. NBA is back. They had a break from All Star Week. Charlotte back in action last night. You could you could have heard that here on the Sports Hub. They were taking on the Wizards. We'll give you results of that. Plus, they're in action tonight as well. They're taking on the uh, the New Jersey Nets. And I need to make sure. The Brooklyn, Brooklyn Nets. Oh, excuse me, the Brooklyn Nets. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> They're taking on the Nets. Uh, Zion Williamson isn't the only star that has decisions to make. There are whispers that maybe the King, LeBron James, should sit the rest of the season. Uh, is he 100%? And are we all sleeping on the Sacramento Kings? Johnny O mentioned the Kings multiple times uh, co- across the uh, past few weeks, and now it seems like the rest of the country is starting to catch up on the talent they got. We'll catch up on the NBA next on The Rundown. What's up, dog? Think about it. A party? Are we having a party? Yeah! Yeah! Back to the rundown with Desmond Johnson. For the latest coverage of ACC Sports, Panthers, Hornets, High School, NASCAR, and much more, visit SportsCarolinaMonthly.com. From coverage of your favorite local teams, mid-majors, exclusive stories from our staff of writers, audio, and video content, SportsCarolinaMonthly.com is your source for Carolina sports. Follow us on Twitter at SportsCarolina1 or on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash SportsCarolinaMonthly. Do not miss news daily at SportsCarolinaMonthly.com. You're locked into the rundown. 
I am your host, Desmond Johnson, Johnny O, Rod Funderburk in the house, Sawyer Dillon, producer extraordinaire, and intern Aaron. And Aaron, do we have an update on our Twitter poll of the day? If you missed it, it's at uh, Sports Hub Triad on Twitter. Who is going to win the ACC regular season, Virginia, Duke, or North Carolina? All three tied at the top of the standings right now, 11-2 and two in conference play with five games left to go. Do we have an update on that? Indeed. It was tied at 33% apiece, but Virginia has moved into the lead with ah. 50% of the vote. Ooh. Duke and Carolina holding Pat at 25%. So you still got some time to go and vote on that here over the next hour. And Now, uh, now wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let, let me make sure I'm understanding that correctly. <laughs> Am I hearing that Duke has beaten Virginia twice? Mm-hmm. Virginia has beaten Carolina twice. No, they've only played once. They only played once. One only played one. Okay, yeah. so the voters are saying that Carolina's not going to beat Virginia again. They and, don't play them again. Oh, we don't play yeah, them again. I thought we the played problem. them twice. No, it's an okay. unbalanced schedule. So, so actually, okay, so what I'm so, hearing then is Duke is going to lose more games from here on out than Virginia, and so right. is Carolina. And I think I, it's based on I'm Zion hearing. being out. Yep, I think and it's I think the voters, No, but I mean, even on the other side, they're saying that Carolina's going to lose more games than Virginia. Is that what I'm hearing? Well, no. Uh, actually, if Carolina and Virginia went out, if they, if they went out, Virginia would win. They'd yeah. get the tiebreaker. Yeah. So, okay, obviously, you. the voters are seeing that the Cuse might beat Duke tonight. And we're going to get in that gotcha. in the next segment. Okay, yeah. we, we're not done yeah. with the ACC. Right, I just want to make sure We're not done with the ACC. We want you on right on school. Huge weekend in the ACC. We're going to hit that up in just a bit. But first, a little, uh, a little Charlotte Horn action. The Hornets were back in action last night. Come away with a big win, 123-110 winners over the Washington Wizards in the Spectrum Center. Kimball Walker had 27 points and 11 assists. Nick Batum added 20 points in his first game this season at shooting guard. <laughs> Interesting. Really? And uh, they take out the Wizards, who actually are jumbled in that playoff picture along with the Hornets. So let's take our, our weekly look at the NBA standings, see where our Hornets may be. You know, Charlotte actually played some pretty decent defense last night. T- I don't I don't know if you guys saw it or not, but there were quite a bit of blocks that they had. They're 20-9 and nine at home. They're 8-21 and 21 on the road. That's the main issue. They can't win on the road. And Parker played last night. I, heard, I saw a stat. Like, when Tony Parker plays, they're like... Like seven and one or something yeah. crazy like that. Yeah. So uh, the Hornets are in the seventh seed right now. They're at twenty eight and thirty on the season. The Nets, the Brooklyn Nets, are right above them at thirty and thirty. And guess who comes to the Ooh. Spectrum Center tonight? The Brooklyn Nets. We'll have that game for you here on the Sports Hub tonight at seven p.m. So definitely check that out. Uh, looking at the standings, the Milwaukee Bucks still have the best record in all of the NBA. They are forty four and fourteen, and people are starting to look at them as the the main threat to the Warriors. Um, I'm not sold on them like that yet, but uh, just looking through the the standings, they they've got a one game lead over the Toronto Raptors. The Pacers are still holding tight, seven and three that? in their past ten. They're in third place. That's some good coaching going on. Yeah, there. very um, good, especially with Aladipo. Um, That's awesome. Oh my god, can't remember the Pacers coach. Is it McMillan? Name. It might be Nate McMillan. That that might be. Uh, Phillies in the fourth together. seed. They're at thirty eight twenty one. Still getting. They're, they've won their past two. The Boston Celtics. Uh, 37 and 22. They're in the fifth seed, and then you get into the batch of Nets, Hornets, Pistons, uh, the sixth through the eighth seeds. I can the Hornets get to the sixth seed? I think they can. They're only they're like a game behind the Nets. They're playing them tonight. Yeah. Um. I mean, they got to get over 500, though. Man, I, I you know, it, it they just, need to it, get it, like six, seven games out from 500. Exactly. You think, right? But I yeah. mean, these playoff yeah. teams that make it and they're two games under 500. <laughs> That's not good. Yeah, that's not good for the NBA. But I, I think they will. Maybe you know they're they're due for like a four or five game winning streak sometime or another this season. 
I, I, I would agree with that. I mean, if they have a home stretch or something coming on, that's really the thing. The Hornets need to win on the road. Like, if they can start winning on the road, they'll separate themselves into that top yep. five uh, of, the, of the East. Meanwhile, over in the Western Conference, the Warriors have taken control of the one seed. The Nuggets have – they're still winning. They've won three straight and seven of, uh, of their last ten. They're at 40-18. and 18. The Thunder in third. Uh, Trailblazers oh. fourth. The Rockets have moved up to fifth. The Jazz have kind of righted the ship. They're in sixth. The Spurs are in seventh. And the L.A. Clippers are in eighth. Then you've got these teams below. The Kings and the Lakers are in ninth and tenth. The Lakers are at 500. Uh, they just want a big uh, come-from-behind win over the Rockets uh, the other night, 19 down. Big win, and, and Brom Brown looked pretty good. He had some pretty good yeah, hops. He, he mentioned had, something about putting up his playoff run or something. Yeah. Like what, call, what was he calling it? Uh, my uh, uh, playoff uh, – oh, shoot. It was it was an, it was yeah. a LeBron yeah type it thing, was a though. LeBron moment. I was it reminded me of old, the old Aaron Rodgers deal when he was like just relax. Do you guys just relax. do you guys think he's a hundred percent LeBron nah, James? No, but I bet he's ninety percent because man, I tell you what, he had a couple. He was he was he had a couple dunks. Hole, yeah, he did. Bit, yeah. When I wrote this, I, I I hadn't seen the highlights from that game, and I'm like, oh well, maybe he's not hurt, but <laughs> I don't know if he's a hundred percent. Yeah. Plus he's thirty five, so or yeah. 34, yeah, 34. 34. So I mean, maybe Father Tom's catching they, up a little they bit. They get into the playoffs. He's going to yeah. will them into the playoffs. But then, I mean, do we want them to be in the playoffs? Because if they're yeah. the eighth seed, they're going to play the Warriors in the round one. Well, that's yeah. all right. I mean, it, is it? Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. If I, I want to see LeBron. Well, I in want the playoffs, that to happen. Yeah. You know? I don't want to see. Him, I want to see him in don't like tanking what LeBron on the team. I want to see him in like June. We're, we've seen LeBron in eight straight Junes. And it's we're gonna, not going to see it this year. He's not. Know. They're not going to. Never no. know. I can't picture them beating. Now, if say they get up to the seventh seed and they play the Nuggets first round, I can see the Lakers pulling that off. I tell you what, I don't. I think you're right, Diz. They're probably not going to, uh, you know, make it very far in the playoffs. Not this year. And I think it's because of the whole trade talks with AD. Had that situation not happened, they, they, I could just about guarantee they'd be there. Because you asked the question: Is LeBron 100? percent I don't think LeBron's 100 percent physically. But also mentally, don't think the rest of his team is even at seventy five percent. And that's there. all because and that's there. all because of that whole. Kuzma's coming around. And Brandon Ingram yeah. had a good game the other he night against yeah, the Rockets. Yeah, but he's up and down. Yeah. But I tell you down. what, yeah. if I if I want to believe Le- Levar Ball, you know, if Lonzo ever oh comes back, because well, Lonzo's better <laughs> oh than no. everybody, maybe the Lakers can win this whole thing. <laughs> it almost feels like they're better when Lonzo Ball is not playing. They're much better yes, without they him. Are. are you kidding they me? They are. I don't know. Uh, it feels like Levar has kind of resigned himself to the fact that Lonzo is not going to be the uh, the savior of uh, Los Angeles. Uh, I don't know about that. He might not finish not his LeVar's. career there. Now, yeah, obviously, he does not live in the same United States we live in. <laughs> Anthony Davis will continue to play for the Pelicans, uh, who announced they're going to cut his minutes to 20 to 25 minutes per game for the rest of the season. Are the Pelicans handling this right? It feels like they bumbled this thing. They fired the GM, Del Demps, last week. Right after all that. After all that went down, where nothing happened, and they stood pat, which pretty much everyone told them to do. I'm looking at, like, maybe you guys should have went ahead and made this trade, because now you got Anthony Davis on your team disgruntled. You kind of got to play him. You can't really sit him. Although he would probably prefer to sit, but then you're paying the dude to sit and do nothing. Well, I mean, they, they can't do to the um, player the negotiations. The, uh, the, that, yeah, the, the, they the can't. Agreement. Yeah, the bargaining agreement. They can't sit him down. And of course, that's probably get, what that twenty yeah. to twenty five minute thing is. Right, I mean, they, and they, don't, they get, don't want to play with that. Yeah. Exactly, and don't get me wrong. Common sense as well as business sense says. The Pelicans should definitely bench Anthony Davis or either put him in a suit or send him home or something. You know, but it's just not that simple. I mean, we even heard Danny Man- Danny Ferry talking about it. You know, the r- league rules, he stated, made it very clear. 
if Anthony wants to play, he has to play. So the Pelicans have to let him play. However, what they're doing is all they can do, and that's significantly reducing his minutes. Mm-hmm. That's it. So, you know, although Anthony Davis claims he wants to play basketball because he loves the game, you know, to me, it's time for the NBA to step in and make a decision and kind of straighten this situation out. Because a lot of this stuff is because of the NBA. I think it even goes back to when the Pelicans were trying to get that trade and get Chris Paul over to the Lakers. And then the NBA stepped in and stopped all that. I think a lot of this mess goes even back that far. That's funny funny he's mentioning that because I forgot last year the uh, old commissioner of the NBA, uh, Uh, Stern, Stern. Stern. Mm -hmm. said – who who was the – Demps? Del Demps. He said – Quoted said this last year. He is the worst GM in all of basketball. Wow! It, it was wow. I, I completely forgot that he had said that because they well, brought that explains why Davis wants out. I yep. mean, the moves the Pelicans have so now made. They got Danny Ferry, right? They don't yeah. make a whole lot of sense. Now Danny Ferry comes from the Spurs. Uh, that whole well. So I mean, I think Dell Demps did too, if I'm not mistaken. But they brought in Julius Randle, which I thought was a good move sure. last year. I like that. It guy, is. Man. They let Cousins go for nothing, basically. Um, and looking at it now, that might have been a mistake. Because, yep. I mean, Cousins and Davis, they were playing pretty well together last year. And them together this year with Randle and um, they and Drew Holiday, they would have been they would have been a pretty good team. But they let Cousins go. Um, I got a question. Here's a hypothetical for you. Anthony Davis said earlier this week um, – he didn't have a list that everybody's on the table, basically. Yeah. He just wants to win. Would you want the Charlotte Hornets to put their bid in for Anthony Davis? And what would that bid consist of? Oh, I, because I, we've I, learned they can't do squat in the draft. Right. <laughs> so giving up draft picks to me is nothing at this point. You've got to give Hornets. away the farm for Anthony Davis and then build around it. I mean, oh, my God, if, uh, if the Hornets ever had a chance at that, you got to jump on that. Johnny, you're right on time, but that's the problem I have with the Hornets. I don't think they're going to do the second half of what you said. They will give away the farm, but the second half is we'll build. building around them. I don't think they'll do it. Kimba's the only one they'll that would be off to him. Well, yeah. let, me see, let me see if I can put this together. So. If you did, if you did something like um, like Nick Batum, of course I'm throwing, I'm, I'm throwing Nick Batum in there like super early. Um, got something playing in the yeah, studio. Going what's going on. On. <laughs> there we go. So I'm throwing Nick Batum in that right now. Nick Batum. <laughs> I mean, that's he's got the, the second time he was mentioned today. <laughs> he's got the, the biggest salary, twenty two points. He's got the biggest salary that makes sense. That's twenty five million gone. Nick Batum. I'm throwing Bismack Biombo in there. Um, now it's got to make sense for the Pelicans. Oh, it's got to make sense. Oh, of so Batum, Biombo, I'm giving him Malik Monk. Yep. I'm giving him Miles Bridges. You Sorry. have to. And I'm giving him two. I'm giving him three first round picks. Ugh. Well, that, then Jeez. how are they going to build? But anyway, I don't know. I mean, because then at that point, what you, else do they have? I guess you would have to. Ugh, all right, I'm gonna say two. <laughs> I don't know if the Pelicans would be like no. But you understand where I mean, yeah, listeners, I mean, they gotta, you know we're stretching this. Yeah, it's this, probably this isn't never going to happen. <laughs> I'm trying to see if, Carol, if the Hornets have the 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 assets to even try to offer Nick Batum, Bismack Biombo, Malik Monk, Miles Bridges, and two first round picks for Anthony Davis, and probably some random player from G League or something that the Pelicans would throw in to make it work. Yeah, I don't think we have enough. Yeah, I mean, Davis and Kevin Walker. Even if we know. did have enough. 
I mean, we'd be using it to build around and, and do what we need to do and be much better than a 500 team right now. Yeah. I mean, we just don't have it. Yeah. You know, I see I see possibly, you know, in the summertime, a deal being struck with the Celtics, maybe. Yeah. You know, or worst got, case they're scenario. Gonna Tatum. They're going to have to give oh, up Tatum. Oh, definitely. But I oh, wouldn't Tatum. give up Tatum if I was Boston. Like, I, I know agree. it's Anthony Davis, but, like, I, I'm like, look, I don't even know for sure if Kyrie is signing with us right now, the uh, way Kyrie's been acting. So yeah. I'm keeping Tatum because he's kind of my cornerstone going forward. And I still, if I'm the Celtics, I'm like, well, do I really need Anthony Davis? Because I've got all these picks still stockpiled that they've got. Um, you got Tatum, which worked out well. The team has gone backwards because uh, Irving and Gordon Hayward have tried to be implemented into this roster, and it's not working. They're better without Kyrie Irving. I'm yes, sorry. They they're, just, they're a better team without Irving, and I think Irving's going to leave because of it. I don't know where he goes. Everyone keeps saying the Knicks, but... I don't know if that if that's going to work either. I kind of see him in L.A., to be honest. I mean, it could be two Duke players at the Knicks, you know? Kyrie Irving and Zion Williams. I mean, right. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, looking at the bottom of these, uh, the battle for work, uh, or, you know, trying for Zion, the Knicks are 11 and 48, and the Suns are 11 and 49. Mm hmm. Uh, while it would be great for the league if he lands in New York, mm -hmm. I would be interested to see him land in Phoenix because then you got him. You would have Zion, DeAndre Ayton, and yep. Devin Booker, and that would be a problem. <laughs> that would be a serious yeah. problem two years out. That would be a big problem. And we, uh, we didn't even talk about the Kings. I wanted to mention them real quick before we hit a break. Loaded with young let me, talent. Let me go pull up their roster we, for a we'll second so people can roster. hear what's on this team. Outstanding. They, they've just been drafting pretty well, missing the playoffs year after year, yep. but they've, they've had a lot of young talent. And while you're pulling that up uh, – um, Harry Giles is starting mm -hmm. to come around, man, yep. and I'm so happy yes. for that kid. I really am. Really now, yes, they got Buddy Hill, the man, shooting guard. Okay, so listen to their roster. They've got uh, Alec Burks, who's from Colorado. He's a seven-year pro. Willie Cauley-Stein from Kentucky. Nice player. Kusta mm -hmm. uh, uh, Kufos from Ohio State, uh, seven-footer. Harrison Barnes, who they just got in a trade from Dallas. Nice mm -hmm. pickup. Uh, Buddy Heald from Oklahoma. He's only, he's only been in the league two years. Uh, Caleb Swanigan from Purdue. You know, I, I used to love mm -hmm. that kid when yeah. he played Aaron for Fox. Purdue last year. Yep. Swan again. Uh, Harry Giles, yep. uh, he's a rookie from Duke. You know, Harry's at about like eight or nine points a game and about five or six rebounds. He's going to be starting. He star he's not starting yet, right? No. He'll be starting no. here in the next year or two once his legs are strong enough. I mean, people forget Harry Giles was like the number, number one, one for like three years yes. before he even got to college. Sure he was the was. de facto number one in that class. Uh, De'Aaron Fox. Oh, who uh, I absolutely love. If he was not playing Harry. in Sacramento, if he was playing like in uh, OKC yep. or – uh, any place else that was mm -hmm. bigger, he'd probably be one of the bigger names in, in the game right now. He's playing really good. Kobe yes, White is. reminds me of him. Yes, he does. He does Not remind me of him. Not only the hair, that's, that's but a great I mean, comparison. Their, their game. And Kobe's about two inches taller than De'Aaron Fox, oh. too. Uh, They've got Frank Mason the third from Kansas, who's not bad, and he was a, he played all four years at Kansas. He was a senior there. Um, Marvin Bagley the third from Duke. How about that, I, I'm, he's still mm -hmm. and and he's he's got some some really good numbers right now. Yeah, he will be a real star in the NBA. God, they had a class. They, they, tra they just they traded off a, Justin Jackson uh, for Harrison Barnes. Uh, Yogi Ferrell from Indiana. Uh, he's a point guard. Kid. He's the backup point guard on this team. Uh, Winyan Gabriel, who uh, is a rookie, but he played at Kentucky uh, last year. He was one of those freshmen from Kentucky. They got beat by two points against Golden State last night. 125-123. Buddy Hill missed a shot at the buzzer to win it. Yep. Wow. He, Golden State, all their players were very complimentary of the Kings. They're yep. like, they're next. They're coming up. They're, I mean, they got a lot of talent. And I think Steph or somebody said they reminded uh, him of the way the uh, the Warriors were like around 2009, 2010, when the Lakers were still winning uh, their last 
uh, two titles. Mm-hmm. Golden State was still – they were very young, and they were still yeah. kind of putting everything together. But Mark Jackson was there. Mark Jackson was the coach at the time. Mm-hmm. That's right. But I was looking at the Sacramento roster. I'm just like, oh, my gosh, it's like an all-star team of college kids. Well, well think about that. Think about those <laughs> prospects that they could ship to the yep. Pelicans yep. for an Anthony Davis. You know what? That's an excellent point because they've got enough where they could put some stuff together. And still keep. And, and they honestly would have enough to be able to keep like De'Aaron Fox, Harry Giles, uh, Frank Mason. I mean, gosh, yeah. they got they got a ridiculous amount. We got Kevin on the line from Winston Salem wanting to chime in. Kevin, you're on the line with the rundown. What's up? Hey guys, good morning. Hey, good morning. Hey, just a quick question, Des. What do you think the, the the problem is with the Hornets' hit draft history? It, it's not, and it goes back to the Bobcats. They have been dreadful. And one one of the things you can at least say about Mitch Kupchak and his history with the Lakers. Um, those guys he's drafted have been most of the time they've been at least serviceable. You right. know, even the last few drafts that he had with the Lakers, those guys were, were okay. But I cannot understand some of the guys we passed up on. Uh, Kimba's, you know, I like Kimba, but do you do you take Kimba over Clay Thompson? Uh, we passed on Ugh. Devin Booker. Uh, <laughs> look how many teams had a chance to get Draymond Green. That, that, that's that's why I do not have a problem with the Warriors stacking the deck. Because they have been smart and deliberate in how they've drafted, and most of their guys are homegrown. And I'll, I'll take it up the air. Yeah, man, great call. Thanks for the uh, listen to the rundown. I, I, just, to, just, just so we can hear this before we hit our break. Ever since they drafted Kimball Walker in 2011, I'm gonna run down some of these names that uh, that they drafted. Wow, and I'm actually seeing some of them here. I'm like, oh my god, I can't <laughs> believe we had this guy. Kimball Walker uh, was the ninth pick in the 2011 draft. You know who we picked number 19 in that draft? Who? Tobias Harris. No, we didn't. Are you not. serious? Yep. From New Orleans via Portland, and then we traded him oh to Milwaukee. Oh, wow. Um, Jeremy Tyler. I haven't thought about that name in forever. He was the second-round pick. He got traded to Golden State. Uh, the next year, 2012, was the year where the uh, Bobcats only won like seven games. They should have been the number one pick. Should have had Anthony Davis. Yeah. Ended up going to the uh, – well, at the time, it was the New Orleans Hornets. And they got it, which a lot of people don't remember. The Hornets were up for sale. Uh, at the same time, yeah, that was a and there was kind of rumors that well, they got that first pick to kind of seal the deal. Uh, we drafted uh, MKG Michael Kidd Gilchrist from Kentucky. Uh, well, the a second, little bit of a difference. The <laughs> second pick was uh, Jeffrey Taylor. Uh, he was our second round pick. The following year, 2013 draft, we had the number four overall selection. We picked Cody Zeller, uh, who's still with the team. But this was kind of a weak draft. We had two wow. picks in the top. No, I'm sorry. The next year was 2014. Noah Vonley. Was the ninth pick out of Indiana? We had this thing with power forwards from Indiana I thought that for a little dude bit was there. Be okay. I wonder where's is he still with the Hornets? No, or? he got no, traded out. Uh, I think he's with Portland. If I'm not mistaken, that's where we traded him to. Uh, we got that pick from Detroit. 2014, uh, we had the 24th pick in the first round. Uh, so we actually had two picks in 2014. We picked Noah Vonley, and then we picked Shabazz Napier from Connecticut. Yeah, um, I'm not sure why because we had Kemba at the time. Uh, the f- and then Dwight Powell from Stanford. I'm still trying to get over the Tobias. Tobias Harris, yeah. yeah. He's still on. Uh, oh, 2015, we had the number. We had another top 10 pick. Frank Kaminsky was the pick. Uh, he, the can't, he can't even get on the floor right now. Uh, 2016, we had the number 22 pick. We picked Malachi Richardson from Syracuse. From Cuse, we yeah. traded him to Sacramento immediately. Uh, la- uh, 2017 was Malik Monk at number 11. Which I thought was okay. And yeah, I, I still think it's going to be okay. Uh, in the second round of 2017, we drafted Frank Jackson from Duke. Uh, we traded him to Brooklyn. 
Uh, where, where did that kid go, Frank Jackson? I'm I, glad you just mentioned I'm not him. sure. I think he's in New Orleans now. Wow. Uh, 2018, the, the 11th pick, we picked Shy Gilgus Alexander, and then we traded him to the Clippers. Yeah. Who did we have last year for our pick? That was our pick. What did we get? We didn't get anything else. So this is why we all Charlotte with Hornets. <laughs> like, we didn't even have wow. a... Wow. And Arnoldus Kubolka from Lithuania was our second round pick, who is I think is playing overseas in Italy right I now. I thought he was going to yeah. turn the whole program around. Wow. Yeah. I mean, after That's hearing crazy. that... crazy. <laughs> after hearing that, there's no reason to go after AD. What are we going to do? Have him for one year? Pretty much. And then, and and then go, he's, he's going to figure out real quick... <laughs> That uh, Charlotte Hornets is not the place to be, and he's going to be. I wish, here. That's crazy. I wish Alonzo and and uh, Grandma Ma would come back. <laughs> <laughs> they probably could at least win some games on the road, at least. But uh, we'll see. Hornets are playing tonight against the Nets. But uh, coming up, big weekend in the ACC. It's going to tip off here in about fifty minutes. We go around the ACC, get you set up for the games today and tomorrow, and we look at the weekend schedule. Duke has a super important game today at Syracuse. Can they win on the road without Zion? Next on the rundown. Shut up. Shut up. Sit down. Are you ready? Stand by. You're listening to The Rundown with Desmond Johnson. That's right. That's right. Welcome back to The Rundown. I am your host, Desmond Johnson. Johnny O, Rod Thunderbird in the house. Sawyer Dillon, our producer extraordinaire, and intern Aaron, man in the control room. Hit us up on Sports Hub Triad on Twitter. If you like what you're listening to, we might get your comment on the air, and uh, we'll bring it up for you. Let's look at the ACC, guys. Uh, Here in about less than an hour, it kicks off. Big games today. Number three, Virginia, taking on number 18, Louisville. That's in the Yum Center. Um, I was trying to do this in my head while I was re-watching the Carolina-Duke game last night. So Duke, Virginia, Carolina are all tied at 11-2. and two. This is what each team has to do to win the ACC regular season. They all have five games left. For Carolina to win the ACC regular season, they have to win out, and Virginia has to lose one game. If, the, if Carolina wins out, that means they swept Duke. Uh, I think Duke is the only one, if they win out, it doesn't matter what everybody else does, they'll be the regular season champ. So if Duke wins out, the regular season champ. It doesn't matter what everybody else does because they've swept uh, Virginia and that means they would split with Carolina. Uh, but Carolina would have one less, uh, one more loss. Virginia can win out, and Duke has to lose a game because Duke swept Virginia, and that's the only way for them to get a game ahead of them. So that makes all these games super important. And looking at knowing that, keeping that in mind, uh, none of these teams can afford to drop a game. They all kind of almost have to win out. Virginia-Louisville today at noon – that's a tough game for Virginia. Um, we'll see. We'll see if Louisville can. Louisville is falling some, hard. Yeah, nine and five ACC, eighteen and nine overall are the Louisville Cardinals. But that's where they should be. They, they were way, playing way above their game up until that uh, Louisville or to that Duke debacle. I think they'll get in the. Uh, they'll still get into the NCAA tournament. I'm pretty sure they're going to be. Oh no, they will. Yeah. yeah so will the ACC there. still get seven, eighteen? I in think the tournament? eight uh, max. Virginia, Carolina, Duke, uh, Virginia Tech. Louisville, Florida State, that's six. Well, you didn't mention Syracuse. Syracuse. Oh, it's Syracuse. Syracuse. That's, <laughs> se- that's seven. Um, and uh, Maybe NC State. They're right on the bubble NC for me. Maybe NC State. That's eight. So yeah, Clemson's not going to make it, I don't think. Uh, yeah, I don't think Clemson's going to get in. No. Um, then uh, so NC State's sitting right on the bubble then. Yeah, yeah absolutely. The I think they're on the bubble. Okay. Um, and then we got um, 
Boston College at Clemson also at 12 noon today. Clemson needs to keep winning to keep their hopes alive. Georgia Tech taking on Miami at 2 o'clock. That's on uh, ACC Network as well. 3.45, a weird time for a tip-off. Uh, Florida State, number 16th ranked Florida State, traveling to the Dean Dome to take on North Carolina. This is a battle of two 21-5 teams. Florida State's won like eight straight games uh, since that loss to Duke. They're North playing good and basketball. Two. They're both, both teams are playing great basketball. Yeah. I'm actually making plans to have the house to myself and watch that game in silence because that's going to be a really good game. That's a nice little prelim to the Duke yeah, Syracuse absolutely. Game. Oh, Four yeah. o'clock, number 20, Virginia Tech taking on Notre Dame. That's in South Bend. And then six o'clock, the, uh, the nightcap tonight, number one Duke traveling up to the Carrier Dome to take on Johnny O's Syracuse oh, Orange. Got oh, to, you know what? Getting the chills, I man. just I just got reminded, um, my wife, Jennifer, by the way, who who loves you, y'all, you guys finally got a chance to meet after yeah, us knowing each other for there. a decade. You got a chance to finally meet her uh, last week. Um, she was talking to her dad, and she the question came, because she was talking about finally meeting you, and that you're from Syracuse, and her dad asked, ask him the next time you see him why the Syracuse are called the Orange. And I was like, he probably would know, so I'll ask him. It is. It's um, well, or the it, orange it, it, it used to be the Orange Man, which is an Indian name. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, we're the um, we are our, um, what do you call it? Mascot used to be the Saltine Warrior, which was kind of a tough guy. You know, ah, they had to okay. get rid of that. You know, mm-hmm. for political reasons or whatever. Yeah. And then we we kept the Orange Men, but it's an Indian type thing. And then, of course, we had a drop. Orange men, just down to orange. Gotcha. So that's why we're the okay. orange right Okay, now. That, that makes a lot of sense. Gotcha. Um, let me get uh, Ed is on the line from Winston-Salem. He wants to talk North Carolina Duke. Ed, what's going on, man? Ed. Ed, you there? Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Thanks, guys, for taking the uh, call. Johnny, uh, best of luck today. Uh, your orange uh, really got a lot to say here. Uh, as far as, you know, who's going to get the first place seating in the ACC and everything, because all three of those teams have got to play you guys. Uh, and uh, so I think, I, you know, best of luck to you, too. I, I appreciate got a good that. team uh, this year. Uh, I think their bench is not real strong. And then I just want to talk a little bit about Duke and Carolina's philosophy. Like I say, Coach K here 10 years or so ago and everything, he had the type of team similar to what Carolina had, except they always seemed to have better outside shooting than we did. But now I think they've kind of sold their soul and went to the one and done. And what in the hell have they done over the last five years? I mean, you know, it, it's, it's totally mind-boggling. All this uh, talent that he gets, and it seems like the media never has nothing to say uh, and then here, look what Roy Williams has done with the way he does things. And uh, they get very little publicity. I'd like you guys to take on that, please. Yeah, thanks, Ed. Thanks for the call. Great call. Um, I mean, it's been touched on um, from a couple of callers today, actually, regarding that the two different philosophies between Carolina and Duke, uh, what they've been going about doing. And I know that... Um, I know that uh, a lot of people will say, well, Carolina goes after the same kids Duke does. Yeah, they do, but... I don't think I can't picture Roy trotting out a lineup of four freshmen starting, um, even if he had landed them all. Like I mean, they kind of if Zion had came to Carolina, there's a notion that Zion wouldn't have started. I think it's ridiculous he would have started probably over Garrison Brooks, I guess, and they just would have played small. But the the position he's playing is currently held by Luke May, who coming into the season was a preseason first team All American. Like I mean, and a senior at that. So. I can kind of see why Zion chose not to go to Carolina because his minutes were going to be affected because this was a really deep team. And at Duke, he can go play 38, 40 minutes a night, be the starter, be the star, get there, be there in a year. They've got basically a program rolled out for him and his brand. So when he goes off, they've never made any kind of um, 
secret that Zion and RJ are there for a year. They've said it since they got there. Hey, yeah, I just want to enjoy my it. year at Duke and mm-hmm. move on to the NBA, which is crazy to me that freshmen are talking like this in like December and January of an ongoing season that they're talking, you know, right out front. Yeah, Duke is helping me with my brand and making sure I'm ready. Uh, Josh Graham, actually, he's in these locker rooms all the time, and he's mentioned that the Duke locker room is set up like an NBA locker room, where normally you only get one or two kids that are available to the media. Everyone's available to the media at Duke. And I think he said he had asked someone at Duke before, you know, why is it set up like this? And they told him, well, we're getting them ready for their next steps. We're getting them ready for the NBA. And in the NBA, they're going to be in the locker rooms, reporters asking them questions after every game. And it puts them in that mentality that they're a professional team, but this is a college team. I mean, these Mm -hmm. are student athletes playing in these games, and Duke has abandoned that totally. Now, when this ends, I don't know what that does to Duke because it takes a couple years to rebuild a program. Does a 75-year-old Coach K want to stick around two, three extra years to rebuild the program to where he had it before one and done and then retire? Or does he walk off into the sunset Maybe after this year, if Duke wins the national championship, does he retire? Well, uh, it, you know, on that topic, I mean, Krzyzewski, I mean, let, let's just say he's the GOAT right now. There's no doubt. About, I mean, I'm not going to say anything stupid here. I mean, the guy has done some incredible things, okay, obviously, and he's got all the wins and championships and all that stuff. But what Ed was mentioning, you know, comparing him with Roy, since Roy came to North Carolina mm-hmm. in 2004 or whatever it was, Roy's got, I think, more. I'm not sure if more. I think more wins, yep. more ACC titles, more Final Fours, and more championships he since does. he entered. Since he came back to North Carolina, he's, so I'm not saying he's better than Shashevsky, but I don't think Roy gets enough credit of what he has done since he came back to North Carolina, it. and it's very comparable. And he's a Hall of Fame coach, man. Yeah, yeah I got it right here. Uh, since Roy got back, in, well, since Roy got to the ACC in 2003. He's won three national championships. He's had six Final Fours. He's had eight ACC regular season titles. Uh, He's had three ACC tournament titles. And he's had one Coach of the Year in 2006, AP Coach of the Year in 2006, two ACC Coach of the Year awards. Um He's been and he got inducted into the College Basketball Hall of Fame in 2006. Oh yeah, Roy is great. Uh, you know, I think we don't give Roy a lot of credit because usually he sets out a pretty rough schedule for his teams to play. If you ever notice at the that beginning of the year, it's a tough schedule, and a lot of times we have letdowns because we'll lose to a team we shouldn't lose to, like a Wolford. You but know, it's in right. December though. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. early. Don't get me wrong, but Roy has the biggest knack, and and I'm telling you, when we lose these games early, you have all kinds of Carolina fans like, "What is wrong with Roy? All right, he's making me sick. It's ready time to get rid of Roy." But guess what? When it starts getting just a little bit warm. Right around March time, right around end of February, when all the hearts have been given out after Valentine's Day, here comes Roy. <laughs> here he comes. And he goes, hey, guys, I'm going to make it just a little bit warmer for you, Carolina yeah, He folks. does a good job. And, man. man, these guys, he has them playing at their top level this time of the year. I don't know how he does it. I don't know what he says they to get I don't better. know if he puts yeah. something in the food as they go along, but he does something. He does it. And let me tell you something. You know, Coach K obviously gets the top players. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's been getting the top players for the last, what, five or five, six, six years? years. Okay, yeah. All the top players. But when he plays Hall of Fame Coach Roy, 
He has trouble beating them. He does. When he plays Hall of Fame coach Jim Beheim, he does. We beat Duke a few times, yeah. man, during yeah. these the last few years. And and I, again, I'm not taking. I mean, Coach K is the goat. I mean, I, I'm not arguing that. But wow, these other guys are competing. Real, they're right neck to neck. With they're right with, there oh, with them. They're, you know that. You know, Coach K. He is. He's the goat. He's a great coach. He's excellent. However, I got to say this. In contrast to that, they make him he, God. He though. really disappointed me in the loss when it was time to shake hands. Oh man, I'm glad. I'm so glad Williams. you brought this up. I mean, I was yeah. really disappointed. I mean, it looked like Diz, and it was to your point. Roy was trying to shake his hand and say, "Hey, is Zion okay?" And it was like Coach K didn't even look at him, didn't even really want to shake his hand, kept moving. As if not to say, I mean, he Coach K could have had the smallest comment that says, "Hey, you guys got us tonight, but next time, hopefully, I'll have our big fella and we'll be ready for I, you." I was, mean, come yeah, on, I where's did, the respect between the two? I did not like the fact that K in his press conference immediately went to making an excuse. He basically said, "You know, it's crazy that the two losses we've had, we've had something happen in the first minute of the game." But like, he built his whole press conference around that comment that. Oh, well, we only lost because, you know, Zion went out in the beginning of the game or whatever. Instead, Dude, you had 30, 39 minutes and 30 seconds to make an – you're the, supposed to be the GOAT, you know? You've, yep, yeah. you've got three other kids that are top ten picks in the draft sitting out there, and y'all couldn't beat this Carolina team with three and four-star kids running around out there? Like something – I don't like he, – he does that a lot, and it bothers me when he does that. But Injuries happen all the time. i got to get to this Duke-Syracuse game because yes, i got a Syracuse fan it, out, and I okay. want Johnny O's – prediction live on the air in this segment about what's going to happen in this game because we just got the word from ESPN. It's official. Zion is ruled out for this game with the grade one knee sprain. It's at 6 o'clock tonight uh, on ESPN. If you haven't heard, early Thursday morning, though, Syracuse head coach Jim Beheim struck a person on the highway, killing the person. Um, Syracuse had just come away from a big win uh, versus Louisville. Yeah. Um, there was a little ice on the road. Apparently... This car was in the middle of the road. The people were exiting the car. They had, they had hit a patch of ice and hit like a median or something. Yeah. The car was in the middle of the road. The people were trying to get to the median for safety. Beheim was trying to swerve to avoid the vehicle in the middle of the highway and accidentally struck uh, actually multiple people is what I've been told. He hit two people. One person had uh, minor injuries and the other person passed away. ESPN College Game Day was supposed to be at the Carrier Dome today, but a decision was made yesterday by ESPN to keep the show in Bristol out of respect for the community. Uh, I had written down here, will Bayham coach today versus Duke? We found out he will, in fact, coach today. He, he plans on it. He plans on it. Um, now, that's a loose type of thing, right, John? It is. I mean, I mean, you know, God bless the the poor guy that's dead and, and, and the other injury. I, I I haven't heard that he hit another guy, but I'm, I'm not going to question that. Uh, who knows what happened. He, like, what nicked happened. him or something, yeah. But um, this is a terrible thing, man. This is bittersweet. This is this is a big weekend for Syracuse. You know, I mean, we sold out the Carrier Dome like three 000. weeks ago, and yeah. there's 36,000 fans. And, and, guys, I'm telling you, think of a Carrier Dome football field, okay, <clears throat> And the uh, basketball court is on one side of the football field, so it takes about 40 yards of that one side. There are going to be people sitting in the upper deck on the other side for for an angle shot on the 10-yard line, wow. looking down at the game. <laughs> wow. The atmosphere is going to be absolutely incredible, but, you know, it, it's kind of bittersweet, and, and uh, you know, Bayheim's going through some hell as, you know. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it, this he could is. happen to any one of us, you know. We were I mean, talking about that Boy, your life can change in a second. And my heart goes out to him, and of course, to, to the families that, you know, that uh, the guy died. But it, it's going to be very difficult. My prediction, and I'm not saying, I'm just thinking 
Beheim's going to try his hardest to coach tonight, but you know he might back out come midday or something. Just say, man, I just can't do it because you know they're going thirty six thousand. I mean, this is a, the hugest event of the year, right? Okay? Mm-hmm. And, and, and Duke's coming off of this. Duke's loss coming to in. North it's Carolina. not like we're playing Colgate. You know, we're playing Duke, and and right. Zion's not playing. And I mean, the you know it's a the world's going to be watching this game. And they're going to definitely do a, like a, a moment of silence, I'm sure, for the guy. Oh yeah, and you know, and, and coach is going to be on the on the floor. It's going to be difficult. Give me a prediction, John. Uh, my prediction. Well, okay. It, the, now remember, we're not ranked, and Duke is number one. Okay, right. but we're playing in the Carrier Dome. Zion's not playing. It evens the playing field somewhat. I gotta say, the Cuse is gonna win another nail biter like it, like they usually do against Duke. I'm looking at seventy eight, seventy five. Wow, you got a prediction for this, uh, Rod? I don't have a prediction. I mean, you know, Duke is prob is not necessarily in trouble. I just believe that they're vulnerable. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, Duke presents a tough challenge for anybody. But the thing is, I do like the fact that Syracuse has won three of its seven games against ranked opponents. I do like that. Um. If Syracuse can keep Duke under, I think, 84 points, I think they will win. So I'm going to say the Qs by three points. There you go. 70, oh, wow. I got yeah, 77-74. I'm uh, – because we got to take a quick break. I'm going to go the other way. I think Duke pulls this out. Um, I think could, the, well they've got a couple of days to adjust, knowing Zion's not going to play. I think that they'll have a better game plan in terms of offensively what to do. Um, they do need a third score though. If they don't get a third score, they're not going to win a whole lot of games. And I think that's where they have to hit three comes. pointers. If they yeah. hit three pointers, they're going to win the game. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to. They really need to pound the paint, to be honest. Well, that's I the mean, other thing. I don't think they're going to get they won't try. points from their bench. I think their benches, and that's going to kill them when the bench is. And they're not going to be in the paint. Out. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we, the zone is going to stop that. That's right. You know what I mean? yeah. The zone is going to force Zion. Zion. Right. Zion can get into the paint, but I mean, who who else is going to get in? Delaria, yeah, RJ Barrett from time to time. Duke will take over 40 three-point shots tonight. And I, you know I what? Agree. If they make them, they're going to win. But, uh, yeah. you know, I'm they're hoping like a, for an 8 for 43 night. They're like 314th in the nation or something in three-point shot uh, uh, completions uh, percentage. So, I don't know. We'll see. But that that's tonight. So, we got you set up for your ACC weekend. I might have to... Um, Go get some food and just uh, <laughs> turn off my phone oh, and just, you know there's gonna just be watch eight, food just, at my place. Plus, Rockets versus Warriors is After. tonight uh, at like 8 o'clock or 8.30, I believe. Is that tonight? Yeah. That's yep. the uh, the Saturday night primetime game on ABC. Wow. So we got a lot of a lot of great basketball oh, today. Uh, oh, and then uh, also tomorrow, I, I didn't forget to mention, Wake Forest and NC State are playing at PNC at 6 o'clock tomorrow night. So uh, NC State needs to keep winning. So definitely need to keep that on, on the task. Wake coming off a win. Wait, yeah. Congratulations, Wake Forest. Yeah, go wait. Go Demon Deacons. <laughs> Next up, a little football talk. After settling with the NFL last week, Colin Kaepernick's lawyer mentioned that a good landing spot for Cap would be our very own Carolina Panthers. Would you want Kaepernick as a second-string backup QB to Cam Newton next season? We'll open up the phone lines for that. We want to hear your opinion. Matter of fact, fill them up now. 336-777-1600 is the number to call if you have an opinion on whether or not you would want Colin Kaepernick as the second-string backup quarterback to Cam Newton next year. Plus, should the Panthers go after the disgruntled Steelers wide receiver Antonio Brown? He was uh, with Cam Newton at his new cigar shop uh, a couple weeks back. Uh, same building David Tepper was wandering around in at the same time. So, mm, should we go after Antonio Brown? We'll talk a little football next on the rundown. Pop your hands and stomp your feet. Yeah! 
going to be one big party. Yeah, I'm on. Back to the rundown with Desmond Johnson. Dash fans. Hey, Dash fans. BB&T Ballpark turns 10 years old this season. Join the Dash in celebrating a decade of fun by reserving your tickets in advance. The Dash's home slate begins on Thursday, April the 11th. Fans can purchase single-game tickets for as low as $8 by calling 336-714-2287 or visiting wsdash.com. We are about to talk NFL Carolina Panthers talk, and that is brought to you by Giada's Trattoria. Giada's Trattoria Restaurant in Kernsville on Main Street with their signature stone oven, culture of hospitality, and North Carolina's best pizza. Giada's lets you and your family and friends share an authentic Italian experience with a twist. Everything is better by the stone oven at Giada's. You are listening to The Rundown. It took Rodney all week to finish the lasagna from Monday night at Giada's. Oh, Giotis. dude. I still have some of that left in my refrigerator. And that was, what, Wednesday night? We did Tuesday? Monday. Oh, my God. Monday. Oh, my God. I don't think I can eat Monday. that anymore. <laughs> Man, that was so much food. It was, but it was so good. Yeah, we I definitely got to do that again. So I always clean my plate. He did. He did. We definitely got to do that again. Before we get into uh, our conversation about Colin Kaepernick here, we do have a caller on the line. Kevin from Burlington wanting to chime in. Uh, I had posed this question to the triad to let us know, would you accept Colin Kaepernick as a backup quarterback for the Carolina Panthers next season? Kevin, you're on the line with the rundown. What's up, man? What's up? Um, Well, look, let me preface by saying I'm a Vikings fan, but because I live in Alamance County and I listen to this, you know, station all day long, I'm subjugated, you know, to Panthers football on Mm. Sundays and during the week. So let me just say, with North Carolina having pretty strong ties to the military, isn't the fan base's opinion pretty important here? Oh, absolutely. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that I, I would be interested to, you know, hear at the end of your show how many people, you know, what's the percentage that are going to say. And, I, I, and I'm going to guess that it's going to be a high percentage that says no. You know, they don't want him there because think of the circus that Tim Tebow brought to town, and that was part of the reason. Now, he couldn't play that good. Give it, I'll give him that. Cap's probably a little better. But they don't want that circus, and that's what Cap's going to bring, and that's the last thing the Panthers need. That's a great point. Excellent point, Kevin. Thank you for the call. Uh, thanks for listening to the rundown. Thank you for listening to uh, Sports Hub all day, Absolutely. like you said Thank there. You. Yeah, appreciate you there. Um, I got to agree with him, man. Like, I'm not really thinking about the whole – is he going to kneel and all that other junk? I don't care about that. I'm looking at it from a strictly football perspective. Dude, I ain't played in two years. Thank you. That was going to be my he, opinion. He played in two years, and to be honest, when he played last, he wasn't that good. Right. <laughs> I mean, he, he went like two and – let me look up his stat. He went yeah. like two and 14 or something his like last you're saying, 16 he games. He started off like a house of fire his first couple and of years. who was his coach when he went two and 14? John Harbaugh. When he went two and 14? Uh, he had already left, actually. I think he got – he basically got – Jim Harbaugh. Kaepernick was – no, Carbone's quarterback. No, I know. But and then when he, went, when he left, he left he went, Kaepernick yeah. there. When yeah, he went two and fourteen. Who was his coach? Um, who was his coach? He was a college guy, wasn't he? Came from college. Uh, Used to be with the right. Eagles. Oh, Chip Kelly. Oh, it was. Wow, Chip Kelly. And we who see where that's actually would, a great a point. We see where yeah, he is. Mix. Look, I, I mean, I hey guys, that. I respect your point, but when you're talking about bringing a guy like Colin Kaepernick to the Panthers. Has a backup quarterback now. Yeah. Has a backup quarterback. Let me tell you something. Colin Kaepernick has played in the NFL for six years and not even six full seasons. This guy's 6'4", 230 pounds. Granted, he is 31 years old. 
Over his six years of playing, he's had over 12,000 yards passing, over 2,200 yards rushing. He's led his team to two NFC Championships games where he's won one NFC Championship game. He's led his team to a Super Bowl in those few seasons. I can name quite a bit of quarterbacks that you may say that are much more elite than Cap that have not led their team to an NFC or an AFC Championship team. But those teams and you're telling stacked, me, though, right? No, nah, dude. And you're telling me that he's not a starter in this league? You know, forget a backup. You telling me he's not a starter? I'll take him as a backup all day long. Okay, to me, he is. He would end up being identical to a Nick Foles, a starting quarterback in a backup role. How would Cam Newton handle this? It may make him better to yeah. know that there's somebody Cam sitting likes to get pushed. He, I will say yeah. that Cam likes to get pushed. I'm, I'm not saying at, you start. I'm, Cam. I'm still stuck on the football stuff though because I'm looking at the win loss record for him in San Francisco. 2012, he was five and two. That's kind of when he kind of took over the team from Alex Smith. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2013 was his first full year as a starter, 12 and four. Uh, and I want to say they made the Super Bowl that went year. To the Super Bowl that year, lost to the Ravens. Uh, the next year, no way. I'm sorry. I think the uh, 2012 is when they made the Super Bowl. 2013 was when they made it to the NFC Championship game and lost to Seattle. Yeah, that sounds right. Seattle and the Seattle won the Super Bowl. Yeah. 2014, he was eight and f- no wait, he was eight and eight. 2015, he was two and six. 2016, he was one and ten. Um, he had nine fumbles uh, in that that, se- mm-hmm. that season. That was two years ago. Well, really, going on three seasons yeah, ago now. Those last two years, who was his coach? Chip, Chip Kelly. Kelly. Chip and Kelly. Chip Kelly chose Blaine Gabbert over him. Um, to, you know, to play. Chip, Chip Kelly came in with a whole different mentality. He came in with the whole college players mentality. I'm your coach. This is what you do. You get X amount of sleep. You check in at this yeah. time. You, these screwed. are pros he's dealing with. You can't do that. No, you can't treat them the same as college kids. But let's he wait. screwed up with the Egos, and then he screwed yeah, up so with okay, so the let's, let's bring this back around full circle. Would you support the Panthers if they signed Kaepernick? I would. I'd support any team. Let me tell you something, man. This stuff almost makes me a little sick, to Uh-oh. be honest with you. I would support any team that picked up Colin Kaepernick. Now, look, let me tell you something. His his lawyers are saying maybe the Raiders, maybe the Patriots will pick him up. Well, if they do, guess what? Even if it's the Carolina Panthers, that team will be my next favorite team outside of the Cowboys. Because to me, it's all about right and wrong. It's about life. We still live in the United States. I even heard some service people say, hey, I have no problem with what Kaepernick does. That's why we defend the flag. So he can have the right. Him and other people can have the right to protest and do what we need to do. And this is the other thing of this. Colin Kaepernick only took up for people who didn't have a voice and he did it in a violent way. This guy has never beat up anybody. He's never been accused of rape. He's never driven under D under the influence and killed somebody. He's never done anything like that. All he's done was take up for people who were who look like me and have been abused and he did it in a nonviolent way. To me, that's like Dr. Martin Luther King in some way. And you're gonna tell me that you don't want Colin Kaepernick? Give me a break, man. See, now- Any team picks him up they're my second I, favorite. I agree with everything you said. The problem with me with this is that Kaepernick would have been fine if he had stuck to the script in terms of that cause. But then he went off the script and did things like uh, like the socks that he wore yeah. depicting police officers as pigs. Um, it took away from his message. And okay, by, now but, I missed that part. I didn't know well, he, he did that. He wore these socks that had like pigs as police officers on the socks. And He's he also wore Fidel Castro like t-shirt to a press conference. He did things that he said bo- he wasn't voting for Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump because he didn't believe 
in voting, you know, stuff like that. He was saying those things while this was going on, and I think that's why some people still have this kind of uh, – stiff arm effect when it comes to Colin Kaepernick because they remember those other things that he was trying to do and it lost it, it made this cause get lost in translation I Dez, think a little me, bit let me, let me jump in right here because we run into that issue and I'm speaking right now politically as a black man we run into that issue with every type of protest that has ever occurred on American soil for uh, black equality um, since since the beginning of the time there is no proper way to protest each and every kind each and every type of protest that has been launched has been met with virile and 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 extreme opposition the, i mean you look at dr martin luther king he was murdered okay and and tell me something he did name a scandal that dr martin luther king was was embroiled in that people could say oh this man is no good so i don't want to hear like he did this, he did that, so his message isn't what it should be. No, the fact of the, fact of the matter is he could have been Mother Teresa and there still would have been people that took his message and hijacked it because it's not about the flag at all. It was never about the flag. I agree with that. That was just I, the method I, he I chose. Totally, I totally to, agree with to, all that. That's all but, but, but we still live in a world where he would have did himself a better service if he did not do these extra things that gave them an out, you know what I mean. If he had not worn those People socks, if he had find not it out anyway, is but, what I'm saying. But he, but he, find it out but he anyway. did it. That's what I'm, he didn't have to do it. He still he had this main cause, which is great. But he did these other things that took away from the focus of the cause. That's what I'm saying. He didn't have to wear those socks. He didn't have to say, I don't vote because voting is stupid. He didn't have to say those things because it made him, it painted him in a different light where people didn't want to accept him as the messenger of this cause. Now, I understand what you're saying, that that shouldn't have took away from the cause. And you're absolutely right in that. But it did. And that's what happens. He didn't have to do those things. He wasn't forced to wear those socks. He wasn't forced to... To do those things. And it gets lost in translation too. A military personnel told him to kneel out of respect for military because that's what they do at funerals or whatnot. And, I, and it might be what Steve from Winston-Salem is on the line with us here. That might be what he want, he's wanting to discuss here. Steve, you're on the line with the rundown. We're talking Colin Kaepernick and Carolina Panthers. What's up, man? Yeah, thanks for having me on. So, so I'm a veteran. I fought in the first Gulf War. I, you know, I, I, I get it. You know, I, 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 while people would be upset, you know, stand for the flag, for the national anthem, all that, and, and, and I do, and, and, and my, my family does and things like that, but at the same time, I mean, it, you know, he was making a statement. It wasn't a violent statement. Did he do some things uh, beyond that, that that hurt him more? Yeah, but, I mean, good gracious, I, I, as a veteran, you, you know, part of what we fought for, part of what people, Martin Luther King, others that have stood uh, you know, for the past 250 years that this country's been a country, is to, is to give you the liberty to be able to say your piece and to do those things. And he wasn't, you know, he didn't burn a flag. He wasn't standing up, you know, flipping the middle finger or anything like that. He, he knelt. And and while for me, you know, I, I, I don't I don't care for that. At the same time, I mean, let let the guy play football. And 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 this is what I got to say about him being a Panther. Um, is he better than Heineke? Is he better than probably so? And the dude's been out for a couple of years, but I guarantee you, he's still better than what we got. And this is a game, this is a leap about winning games. And Cam does like to be pushed, and 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 so I understand people right now are going, "This guy's an idiot, and he's not a patriot." Whatever, you know. 
I don't care. Everybody's offended about something these days. That's the truth. But, <laughs> You're exactly <laughs> right about that. You know, and, and look, and, and, and I'm, a, I'm a pastor too. You know. Oh, God and, bless and, you. Mm. Yeah. Well, well, well thank you. I, you know, but you know, my thing is, let the guy kneel. Let, let you know, do jump or whatever. You know, this is a, this is America, and we need to start acting like Americans and start acting like people that have each other's back. We're so divided, and. And we're divided over something that, honestly, this country, that men and women for the past 250 years have gone to war to help make sure that we have the liberties that we have. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and again, he's not saying inflammatory stuff. Okay, granted, he shouldn't have wore the socks. I, I was a cop back in the day. You right. know, that, that's, a, that's offensive. But good God, man, I can be offended every hour on the hour if I chose to be offended every hour on the hour. Right. So, he didn't need it. He didn't need to do it. Like He, he didn't need it. You're... Desmond, you're 100% correct. But at the same time, the dude is, what, in his 20s? Yeah. You know, Desmond, yeah. You're, you're 40. Yep. I'm 49. I mean, crap, there are times I still screw up. I still put my foot in my mouth. There are Facts. times where I look back on things that I did last week, last month, last year, and go, you know what, I probably shouldn't have done that. Right, right. You know? And I bet you, he may never admit to that, and I don't care if he ever admits to that. But, you know, we're talking about football. This is football. Okay, mm-hmm. let the guy play football. And, I agree. And, and and you know what? If we sign him and he sucks, cut him. Yeah, yeah. You know, absolutely. It's that easy. Nothing's guaranteed in the NFL. You know, give him a cup of coffee, throw him out there with the football, see if he pushes Cam Newton to to, to get even better, and then go from there. You know, what, what is the worst that could happen? So, all right, we, we don't sell some tickets. People burn some jerseys or whatever. They'll be back. But again, they'll come back. Right, they'll be back. Yeah. Especially if we we'll win. We'll be yeah. back. Winning and cures right, everything. If we start winning, everybody's going to jump back on that bandwagon just like we did a couple of years ago. You know, and look, I'm a diehard. I grew up a Cowboys fan. But when when the Tar, I mean, well, I can't believe I said Tar Heels. I'm sorry. You're it's not okay, a Tar Heels fan. Yeah, are you? Fine. No, it's no, fine. no, no, no. I'm a Duke. I'm a Duke. Please. Oh wow! Hey, I'm actually the one that texted in the other day and called you a Tar Hole. So I apologize. That was you. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. you. Hey, I'm glad. I'm glad you called in, though, man. I appreciate you, brother. Thank yeah. you for uh, thank you yeah, for man. your service and everything you've done. Yeah, and thank, thank you for you. your comments on this because I thought it was very precise and very clear uh thank you steve um i i I, everything everybody has said has been right and and i thought when i put this in here it was going to be uh a topic that might kind of go this way and we probably should have gave more time for it and that's okay it's It's good for people to have different that's what we're here for it's good for people to talk and communicate because sometimes that's how we can solve some of our basic problems and divisions just to talk and get an understanding of where everyone's coming from sorry no. We just got a break. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Run out of sorry. time here. I'm sorry. Yeah. Sorry, he's trying to keep his train on the tracks here and, and realize what time it was. Um, so we'll, Antonio Brown and all this other stuff, we'll get to that next week because we're running out of time. Right. And when we come back, a new segment, Odds and Ends, Rapid Fire Round, we get a couple of minutes to debate random topics. Uh, Sawyer's going to be driving the train on this one, so you don't want to miss this next on The Rundown. Okay, let's go. You're listening to The Rundown with Desmond Johnson. Busy, 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 busy weekend on the Sports Hub. Today, 
Auburn taking on number five ranked Kentucky. They're angling for a number one seed in March. That's a 1.15 p.m. tip-off. That's going to be going down in a, a little over an hour right here on the Sports Hub. Also, North Carolina A&T trying to win the MEAC versus South Carolina State tonight or today. Spencer Turkin and Cy Alexander on the call. That is a 4 p.m. tip on the Sports Hub. What we're going to do right now is odds and ends, and uh, our producer extraordinaire, Sawyer Dillon, is going to be uh, helping us out with this here a bit. So this is how it's going to work. He's going to set a stop clock for one minute. At the end of one minute, we will hear a buzzer sound. Um, do you got that buzzer sound so we know what that's going to sound like here? When that buzzer goes off, Sawyer will go into the next question. We've got four or five topics here. Rapid fire. Sawyer, are you ready? Yes. Do you guys have a stopwatch or something yeah, in there? Yeah, one pulled up. All right, first okay. question. All right, Who will win the ACC regular season, Duke, UNC, or Virginia? Guys, uh, Virginia has the easier path. Well, it's hard to say because they're playing Louisville today on the road. Um, I kind of think Virginia is going to do it because they just need to basically win out. Um, well, I would have picked Duke before the Zion injury, to be honest. Um, I don't know, guys. What do you think? <laughs> I, don't, I, don't know. I don't know. It could be any of them. Right? I picked UNC at the I'm, beginning of the year. I'm going to go Virginia just because I think you know possibly Duke maybe uh, cancels out UNC at the end of the season just for because of the split, because Zion will be back, and maybe Duke loses tonight. So I, I think that's going to scramble Duke and UNC, so I think Virginia wins out and wins it. So you got Virginia? What you got, Rod? Yeah, I think uh, Virginia loses to Louisville today. Carolina wins out. They beat Zion Williamson with the big man yeah. coming back on March the 9th. We close thing. it out, baby. I picked UNC. We still kind of have a bet going between me and Josh Graham. It's loose because we never figured out what the loser was going to get, but he picked Virginia. I picked UNC. I don't think either one of us thought we would be That's eleven it. and two with five games to go. Uh, next question, Sawyer. All right. Next question: Should Patriots tight end Rob Gronkowski retire? I think so. He looked like we compared him to an old Buick earlier on in the season. Um, he's a great blocker at this point, but it seems like they had to save him to the end of the year. But now I'm hearing him saying basically. Uh, He's going to stay as long as Brady and Belichick are there. So I, I don't, I don't know. I, th- I think he <laughs> retires. Um, I don't want him to retire. I love watching the guy. I mean, you know, he came through in the Super Bowl. They did save him toward the end of the year. He just way too many injuries for that big guy. I think he's just going to have to hang it up and move on to his next deal. Rod, he's still in his twenties. Uh, he's not quite hit thirty. He should keep playing football. Enjoy it while you can. There's no reason for him to look down the road and say, you know what. I wish I had played just a few more seasons with Brady and old Belichick, so he might as well stick around. He might want to walk when he's in his 40s, though. That's yeah, right. that might be. Yeah, people well, take that he's, had, he's had more arm issues than anything. I think he'll be able to walk. Didn't he have like a bad back or something, too? Bad back, too. Yeah. Yeah, a lot well, of his, well, the worst thing you bad. can do with a bad back is to stop using it. That's a good point. Good. Sawyer. All right, next question. Manny Machado, $300 million, 10 years to the San Diego Padres. Good or bad move? And where does Bryce Hopper? Bryce Harper ultimately land. Uh, I, I'm confused as to why the Padres had 300 million lying around in the first place. They're not very good, are they? Like John, you're our baseball guy. Like what? No. What, what's um, up with the? But, but they're trying to build it up. They're right. trying. They're they're on their way to. to they want to match the Dodgers, and so they must have come up with some sort of money here. So they are. Uh, you know, they might. If it's back to me here, uh, the 300 million 10 years, is it good or bad? It's it's good because Manny Machado is a hell of a uh, baseball player. And where does Bryce Harper land? He could possibly land in San Diego, and that would really boost them. But they still need pitching. But I believe it's either going to be for Bryce Harper, either Philadelphia, which he meets with them today, 
or as I've been saying for weeks, I think the Dodgers swoop in and, and, and grab him. Wow. He's going to get more than Manny? Oh, yeah. He'll get up near three. I'm guessing 375. Oh he only has to beat 325. He wants $400 million. I think he's going to get about $375 He said maybe the wow. Phillies? The Phillies probably? Uh, the Phillies the, are, the, the leader? are the leader right now. Yeah. Wow. Oh, my Sorry. gosh. Sorry, no, it's fine. <laughs> it's ridiculous, the that amount of money Bryce Harper's going to play. It seems like it's oh so like, low-key now, too. Like It's going to be like the, the oh, most low-key $300 million, 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 million signing ever. By the way, every penny guaranteed. Jeez. All right, next question. NBA MVP frontrunner Harden, Giannis, LeBron, Leonard, or Irving, and who is your pick right now? Right now? I think you got to give it to Giannis, right? They got the best record in the league, and people are actually considering Milwaukee as a threat to the Warriors, which I think is mm-hmm. just completely foolish, but uh, Giannis? Now, LeBron missed 18 games, and when he left, the Lakers were in the fourth seed, they were. and now look at him, so if you're looking at MVP in terms of their value, most valuable player, you probably should give it to LeBron, but... We've had this discussion, I think, every year. Like, LeBron, if yeah. we're giving it that way, LeBron gets it. But. Yeah, but they don't give it that way. So, it really, I think it's between Harden, Giannis, and actually, I left the name off of here, Paul George. Oh, no. See, you stole my thunder, man. I was going to be <laughs> <Sorry>. real quick. <laughs> Paul George is now my front runner because this guy is on fire. He's and destroying I, him. And I'm just going to throw out because I want Rod to get a chance here. I've got Giannis going. Giannis does two things well, which is to me is MVP. Plays offense. He dunks it. He will posterize you and send you home packing, looking crazy. And then the second thing he does, he does not give up on the defensive end. He will come from behind. He will block your shot. He will he will test your shots the whole nine. You got a guy who plays offense and defense? That's my MVP. Paul George. Interesting. And then I think we got one more. Sorry. Right, next question. Denny Hamlin won the Daytona 500 last Sunday to open the NASCAR season, but it felt that the buzz was small compared to previous years. Is NASCAR in trouble with viewers? I think so. Um, we, I mean, we made a conscious decision here at the Sports Hub to stop airing NASCAR just because it felt like it was waning in terms of popularity. Uh, you know, if you looked at the stands at the Daytona 500, there was a lot of empty seats. Uh, I haven't looked to see what their ratings were uh, for that, but... I think they. I think what happened. NASCAR decided to grow faster than their uh, than their fans wanted them to. Uh, you look at like old tracks like North Wilkesboro, Martinsville that they still use. Um, they should have stayed where they are or where they were born and grow it out from there. But they built tracks in Texas and California and all these other weird places that NASCAR wasn't home there. And I think that might be part of the problem. Not a big NASCAR fan, but I think they are in a little bit of trouble. But you know what? There's enough money. They're, they'll be just fine, I think. Yeah, I definitely watched the Daytona 500 last Sunday. It was pretty cool. I enjoyed it. However, as I'm out and about in the triad, I get a lot of people asking me, why were you guys still dealing with NASCAR? Let NASCAR go. A lot of people said that. Uh, the Daytona 500 TV ratings ended up being the lowest on record. Um from this past week so yeah they got a lot to go there um we got to get up out of here man we got a bunch of basketball we got to go watch uh, a lot of good Already? stuff good show today uh catch us on itunes soundcloud spotify uh google podcast we're all over the place right now netcastsports.com on youtube or full shows via subscription download the free wsjs sports hub app from google play or itunes so you can stream all of your favorite shows from the sports hub check out four minutes with me desmond johnson every week on youtube it's on the sports carolina monthly YouTube channel, or you can go to the website sportscarolinamonthly.com and catch those. It's a quick recap of sports news in the Carolinas every week, and it's powered by sportscarolinamonthly.com. We are out. Let's go orange.
Let's go Heels. 